0: PlayStation Stars
1: isn't what you hope it is.
0: And my last episode of Triangle Squared.
1: Well, hello and welcome to Triangle Squared, a PlayStation podcast. I'm your host, Brett and Alongside me, as always, is
0: one, Saul Bridges. Yes, Mr. Saul Bridges, bringing out Lucky Episode 270. And alongside me is... Oh, God damn it. Chris Figgs. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't At work this without point, it. we've just
1: got to do it. <laughs> all right, guys. If this is your first time tuning into the show, first of all, welcome. Glad you've made it here. We hope you like what you end up hearing. Stick around. You can see where to be part of the community. If you're watching us, you can see where you can listen to us or vice versa. Uh, but we like to start this show off in the time-honored way. That the show has always started since its early inception, and that is a simple, quick, what has everyone been playing? So, Saul, since you were out last week, I think what? that means that you are the one to catch up uh, and let everyone know what you've been playing for these last two weeks.
0: It was Chris that was out last week. <laughs> I'm sorry, it was Chris. I'm crazy. <laughs> Bro, you made me leave the show. Come on now. I'm this sorry, Is this, Saul? A, this is a joke to edge me out. Now, Chris, for
2: what you've been playing? Um, Let's see. I I still can't stop playing MLB The Show. um, So I've been playing a lot of that. (laughs) Yeah. Switch Switch. version is so bad. (laughs) Um, I started God of War 2018 again.
0: Game is really good. good game. I actually need to replay that.
2: Yeah, it's awesome.
1: So, so Chris, I have to ask. Because... Not long ago, and I kind of even understood your reasoning, you were saying that you didn't want to replay it because we kind of talked about it being like Breaking Bad, where it's like it's good, but you don't want to replay it and find out that it's not that good. Bar-Wash so what drove you about to replaying times. it? Because I swear that I swear like two weeks ago, you're like, I'm not going to replay it because it's not going to be that good. You oh. made it seem
2: like it was time and place, but now you're here again. So is it is it just the hype around Ragnarok or? I mean, yeah. It is the hype around Ragnarok that I was like, yeah, screw it, I'll I'll toss this in. But um, it's always it's one that I really just want to finish. Like I want to get all the, the trophies and have that done. But I think it was I don't remember saying that about God of War. I know I've said that about Journey, and but um, I think my biggest well, issue with sure. God of War was I, the last time I played it was like a year after I beat it, and then I'm like I'm gonna go back for the collectibles, and then I fell asleep or something and never wanted to do that again. Um, but then yeah like Ragnarok all the hype around it I was like screw it and then I'm actually just playing the game like I did a new game plus run and I'm like oh this is this is actually awesome Kratos is dope
3: <laughs> yeah
1: it's so good but I kind of get you, you highlight exactly the problem why some people have asked me in the past like why do I go ahead and try and get a platinum while I'm playing the game instead of coming back to it and it's exactly your thing is that If you take a break and then come back to it too soon, you hate having to come back to it because you feel like you're just trying to sludge through to get these platinum or these trophies for the platinum. But if you do it while you're in the spirit of having fun with the game and enjoying the game, then that momentum carries you through to the platinum in an enjoyable way. But you're in that weird position where trying to play the game a year later, but go back for trophies you're better off just waiting like four years when the game isn't as fresh on you and it feels like you're re-experiencing something that, like I talked about with uh, Saul before we started recording, I was talking with his brother about Nier Automata and that feeling of being able to come back to something that you're familiar with and like you know what happens, but it's just vague enough in your mind that when the game shows it to you and you're re-experiencing it, you're kind of like, crap, this is actually really good. Like Mm -hmm. I forgot just how good it is. You can only know when you're experiencing it. So... Right. I'm glad you are. I'm probably going to. Before
2: yeah, I Ragnarok, to. so I think yeah, I'm going for Ragnarok. I still think I'm going to hold off on the platinum, and then like I was saying the other night, just get both of them back to back. I like doing that, so I'll probably get like, oh, I need one more Raven, and I have the platinum, and then I'll just do it in November.
1: <laughs> that's the right move. Don't do. Don't have a setup to where like you have the last Valkyrie fight.
2: Oh God! <laughs> and no, then you I'll, don't play be, for be, a few
1: right. months and come back because that's a. It's a, it's a rough fight. fight. I saw uh, I saw somebody in uh, some Facebook group the other day say, uh, "I don't think I'm going for this platinum anymore. I fought my first Valkyrie, and this is hard." And I was like, "Well, if you think the first <laughs> one's hard, <laughs> you just wait. <laughs> just
2: hold on." Yeah, it's cool. I don't know. I love I love the shield. That shield, like y- you get in that Balder fight, and you're just blocking his attacks, and the uh, the animations for that are just so so cool. That it's a really fun
0: game. Really fun. Baldur yeah, is, in is my cool. opinion, one of Sony's best super or uh, super villain, but one of Sony's best villains they've ever made.
1: Yeah, I, it's weird because I think they. I've always thought of the way they use Baldur in that game. He makes me think of how Far Cry three used uh, Voss, but they don't make the same mistake as Far Cry three of killing the most interesting character off three quarters <laughs> of the way through the game and then forcing you to finish the last quarter of the game with a character that you know nothing about and you have no reason to be scared of. Like Holt in Far Cry three is such a bad villain because I don't I have no reason to fear him. Wait, at all. Far Cry yeah. Three.
0: What, does Voss not be yeah. the villain or something after a certain point? No, I
1: guess you don't remember. No, I just Voss. Voss. V- I
0: Far Cry 3, I didn't ever play it. What? I thought you had. Mm-mm. Remember, it gave me emotions. motion signals. Okay,
1: yeah. Oh, wow. Well, sorry to break that to you. Voss no, is no, care. not really the bad do. guy <laughs> the whole way through. Spoilers for a nine-year-old game? No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do not care. Ten, tw- oh, 10-year-old game? Did a Far Cry 3 come out game. in 2012? I but, think you might be right. Yeah, 2012. Oh, crap. Great game, though, still. Uh, but yeah, Voss is such a strong and interesting villain. And then three-quarters of the way through the game, he's just like kind of unceremoniously killed off. And then Holt, who is the person behind him, but you never really for sure knew that or understood that. You never meet him or anything until the end, and then suddenly he's a big bad, and it completely ruins every bit of pacing the game has. God of War, conversely, starts with in much mm-hmm. in the same way that uh, that they start with Voss, and they utilize him throughout the story instead of making you think this is a really interesting character and then pulling him out from under the rug and being like, ah, never mind. You're going to have to fight Odin who you've never met
2: and talked about in this <laughs> game ever. You know? Yeah. So, One other thing I have to say, Freya, very upset she's a villain because... Oh. Oh boy. I love her. Big fan. The vo- dude, the actress for her? <sighs> oh yeah. Oh. Yeah. All right, all right. Yeah, sh-
1: Sp- spend a little bit of time. Go check it out. She's a pretty lady. Uh, I can't she's an actress like a, uh, and I cannot remember what I've seen her in, but she's very pretty. Um, point being, um, it's God of War is a great game. I really, I like the shield. Th- it's like uh, kind of analogous to the Golden Fleece in the previous God of War games, where you could use it to parry and ricochet um, magic and whatnot back off of. So I'm glad they put that
2: in the game. Um, all right, so God of War, MLB the Show, anything else? Uh, I've been playing a little bit of Stray now that that's out. Um, Stray mm. is awesome. There's a dedicated meow button. That's pretty sick. Um, but I haven't gotten too that's far. All I in. needed to know. Yeah, it's awesome. And then um, I've been slowly grinding some GTA online. I don't know how much... I, I want to get that Platinum, but that online is just not good. So I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it. So no Bravely Default this week? I've played a little bit of it, but I haven't used my Switch very much this week. The Switch is one of those things where I like get in bed and I'm like, okay, I'm going to play my Switch and then I fall asleep.
1: <laughs> nice. Okay, well, I mainly was curious because you seem to be loving that game and it was going to be interesting if you suddenly were just kind of falling out of love with it which I've done I've had games where I'm like yes this game's awesome and then suddenly I'm like yeah I'm not playing that anymore
2: I still love it whether I play it ever again is a different different conversation entirely (laughs) fair enough all right Saul what you been playing dude
0: I've been playing pretty much primarily two games as well Uh, Legends of Arceus I'm still playing through that I got to Cleavor and beat Cleavor a little bit of progress did you see what I meant about having high frames yeah that was a that's crazy cool boss fight um so i've been playing that um and i started we kind of started on a whim playing minecraft again and um we started playing that on saturday night kind of randomly and then i played it sunday and then yesterday so we've been playing a fair chunk of it a lot um which was really it doing the
1: Minecraft creep in your life where you start playing Minecraft and then suddenly it's all you do for like three and a half weeks. Ain't maybe it weird how maybe that happens longer.
0: with Minecraft?
1: It's one, been one, a right? long time, but it used to used used to every year or two. I'd get back into the mood to play Minecraft and I'd play it for like a month straight.
0: It needs to happen with Terraria that way again for us. Cause uh, the games mm-hmm. just as good. Mm. Uh, if not, better. so you can but, finally
1: get that rainbow slime.
0: Yeah, I need that to complete that. That's the, I think that's the last platinum. No, it's the pets, and they've no, been the pets.
1: Yeah, I don't know why you didn't at least hop on and
0: get those two,
1: and then you would have only had the one. But instead, it was right when Destiny Two came upset. out,
0: and you and uh, <laughs> Corey, not Corey, Cody, Corey's his brother. You and Cody were getting it d- taken care of, uh, and I should have, but. um yeah, kinda of been a slow week. I haven't really played uh other than anything other than that. Um well that and I always like for like the last I don't know, maybe month and a half, maybe one month. I've been I've been playing Master Duel. So I, I sprinkle in Master Duel a couple times a day. Um so that's always kind of included.
1: I noticed that Andrew plays on his switch, but it seems like you primarily just play on phone
0: yeah, there's no reason to play that game on the switch unless unless you unless you have a reason like I used to not like I used to not worry about or I used to not like playing games on my phone because of battery well a the phone I have has a pretty good battery in it where I don't require that, but b uh, I just I have a battery backup in my uh, like an external battery bank in my office desk and I just literally just plug my phone in when I need to so like i just I just yeah. abuse it now and I don't care. Cause like literally, it, well, it'll charge. It charges up so fast, and it stays charged.
1: Well, and your and your job is different now, so you have that flexibility. Yeah, to be able to like kind of hook it up and just sit there and do what you're doing.
0: Yeah, I could just sit there and hook it up, and then you know work on my computer, or take calls, or whatever I need to do. Um, but yeah, it's I have it on my Switch too. So like, if there's ever a moment in time in which I'm playing my Switch and I'm like, I kind of play some Master Duel, my phone's like need to be charged, or my phone's not in the room, or so, whatever the case maybe um, but yeah that's that's uh it's been primarily a phone game for me
1: well and it's cross progression right so like yeah you it's, can it's play it cross- on phone and pick it up on switch and not have to worry about it being a different account or anything
0: yeah like I play it on PC and like so every now and then if I'm on discord or something with the boys I'll just hop in I'll, if I'm just sitting there not doing nothing I'll just play a game of master duel or something on steam yeah I got you. And that's kind of it. Uh, kind of makes it really easy. Uh, but what have you been playing this week? Uh,
1: also two games. My um, Center Rise, still. Uh, I've gotten to where I'm at rank six hub missions. Uh, and I think I'm at the point where I can't unlock any higher rank missions. And so now I just do missions and my overall rank will continue to increase as I just level up my hunter rank. So there's that. Um Fought the one of the second big bosses that has like story significance to it, so okay. still having a good time with that. Decided to take a break because while we were in Dallas this weekend, uh, much like you were thinking of getting a switch OLED, Blaze had been thinking about getting one for himself because his switch is like shared amongst his entire family, and uh, they happened to have one in stock at Target, so he grabbed that and he wanted to grab Monster Hunter, but it's apparently physical, it's out of stock almost everywhere in terms of stores, wow. uh, physical stores. So he ended up having to order that from um, from Amazon, but we did find Rune Factory 5 on sale, and I was kind of like, man, you know, I've been debating that I was going to wait for it on PlayStation 5, but I was like, you know what? I played the original on D- on 3DS. Let me just go ahead and buy this on Switch and keep playing my Switch for now. I had bought these uh, Benbok controller things, so they're Joy-Cons, but they look like half of a controller, basically. So they're kind of like, for anybody else that has a Switch and have seen them, they're kind of like the HORI Split Pad Pro. But the difference is is that unlike the Split Pad Pro, these still have vibration. They still have uh, your motion control. So if you're playing any game with gyro, it's still there. It has a bigger, thicker, full analog and you can slide it off and they have batteries and it functions as an individual joy con. And it even comes with this little centerpiece that you can rack it onto and basically make it into a pro controller. So I was like, I want to have more games to try out on that. And so I picked up Run factory five and I've been playing it a bit. And Chris, I hate to break it to you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Same problem as four. It's a little better. These games are just so slow to get moving. Like, I love the games and, like, I'd love 4. But I think that this is one of those moments where, like, when I started playing 4 Special Edition on PlayStation 4, I felt like, did Special Edition add a bunch of shit to the game that I don't remember? <laughs> I think I've learned. I had such a great time with 4 that my brain just decided to erase the part that I didn't like at the beginning because it eventually got good enough. Yeah.
2: That makes sense. So, but this so game is talking.
1: currently taking quite a bit to get going. It's, it's again, it's better. And they interle- interweave gameplay, whereas the hardest part of, uh, of 4 Special Edition is that there's so much text up front. And you're just like, I just want to do something other than listen to this dragon talk to me, you know? Yeah. But still a good time. Uh, so that's about it. Uh, I intend to play stray came out today, so I will download that and get it going. I do have monster hunter world downloaded. So me and you can play Chris, if you uh, want to do that, I guess technically you've been playing monster hunter world since you've last been on the show. That's true. I have been. So before we move on, I guess that's my last question to you is how are you liking it? Is it something you see yourself actually continuing to play or do you feel like it's something that's, if you go long enough without playing it, it'll just kind of be like a thought in the wind.
2: I mean, it's definitely it's one of those things where like I kind of just have to, if I throw it on, like I'll play it, but I don't I haven't been able to get myself to do like an extended like I'm playing Monster Hunter World today and then it's like 15 hours of my day is just Monster Hunter World. You know what I mean? And I get that sometimes with games, but like Monster Hunter World has been like, I'm going to go on this hunt and then I was on Discord with Blake playing it, and I was like, I can't find this quest. And I spent like 10 minutes running around, and I'm like, okay. And then I went and played Batman Arkham Asylum. <laughs> so I guess I played Batman I, Arkham Asylum too. <laughs> I
1: did see that you downloaded those, yeah. Yeah. Good games? The man of many games.
2: <laughs> it never stops for me. It's my ADHD is bad.
1: I can tell. I think you know. there's something to be said about game design to where sometimes lowest common denominator is a bad thing. And then there's Mm -hmm. sometimes where I actually think games could benefit from lowest common denominator design. Cause like I can only imagine that Rune Factory five would be a better game if it was designed with, Hey, there are people out there that have very short attention spans, not just because of social conditioning, but because of actual (laughs) mental, you know, uh, ability to focus on one thing for a limited amount of time. And I think that if game, if that game was like, we're going to interweave this stuff, kind of like I talked about with Monster Hunter Rise, it's like, why are you giving me an hour of tutorial text instead of letting me go do these things? Mm-hmm. Uh, it can really hurt when the first hour of a game is normally your make or break time where you're like, this first hour is going to determine whether I play this game ever again or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And I guess at that point, they've already got your money. Yeah, but ideally, I would me. think that everyone who made the game would want you to play what they spent so much time making, not just buy it. The company is just like, he bought it. I don't give a shit if he plays it or not. <laughs> but, you know, that's the difference between the uh, the artist and the uh, person who decides to profit off of the art. Uh, but, yeah, I guess we're going to move along Um Into the Community's Take. So the Community's Take last week, uh, that kind of came and became the main topic, actually came from one of my longtime friends and longtime listener of the show, Cody McGinnis. He said, Microsoft and a handful of other publishers have thrown around the quadruple A game slash studio moniker what do you think a quadruple game would look like quadruple a game would look like? Do you think it'll ever exist? Or maybe we already have games that fit the bill. And then I ran out of characters, but the other basic idea as many of you got is, is it just buzzwords? Is it just a a marketing buzzword? Uh, And we got some answers over there on the discord. We got one from our longtime patron, Mr. Rude cold. Hope you're doing well, man. He says for me, it's about the overall production and quality of the game. I would have included having a high budget too, but Halo Infinite had an enormous budget, and that is definitely not Quadruple A. The closest game I would say to Quadruple A, based around the standard that he gave, is The Last of Us 2 and Red Dead Redemption 2. They both have a level of shine that is basically unmatched in the industry. And, you know, it's funny, for all of the controversy surrounding the last of us 2 it is probably the game i see brought up the most in terms of sheer production value red dead 2 being Mm -hmm. very closely followed they are top class games that other games in their respective types of genres do not have that level of production value whether the games themselves are good or not is completely up in the air uh when talking specifically (laughs) production value. Well, no, that's not even you. That's actually The Last of Us 2 being a very controversial game and very split fan base as to whether or not they enjoy it or not. Um, So I don't know. Chris, I, I know that you have your dislikes of red dead redemption Two, though you also as as we always say that there's the joke that the more people talk about uh you hating red dead the more you just lean into it just to yeah. kind of do it but like really thinking about it i know you've even mentioned that there's things about red dead too that you like and i know there's things about the last of us Two you like despite the fact that much like i mean you've discussed on our um um uh, one of those things called, Chris. Yeah, spoiler chats. Thank you. For The Last of Us 2, I know there's things that you've liked and you've even gone back and played it and still thought mm-hmm. the gameplay was great. Uh, what do you think about those two games in particular and this idea around Quadruple A? Do you think it's something that you kind of give into or do you think, you know, I, I guess at this point, what's your
2: take in particular? Um, my It's hard because I don't, I kind of liked when I was listening back to the episode where you guys were saying like live service is probably the closest to quadruple A mm-hmm. and I would probably agree with that. Um, Cause I don't know, like the last of us has a high budget, but it's also, I don't know. It seems like the upper echelon of triple a i It's just hard. Cause I don't really know. It's I think when, when we talked about it, when Saul was out, we talked about kind of what triple A was. And I just think it all just depends. Like, I think quadruple A is just, it it kind of like we want to make triple A games, but bigger. And that doesn't mean anything to me at a certain point. I think I could see the argument for the last of us two, but I would actually argue that red dead is probably the closest. If they hadn't, you know, taken the online behind the shed and shot it, it probably would be the closest thing to a quadruple-A game, because that's a huge triple-A game on top of a huge live service, I would think that would probably be where I would look at and be like, yeah, that's probably quadruple-A. But I don't really think we have an example of anything that's like that. Maybe GTA 5, because it's exactly what I'm talking about. But
1: Well, it's funny, too, because you were just talking about how the online's not good. <laughs> but right. you're right in the sense of one is a high at the time top of the spectrum (coughs) triple a typical game you know linear story whatever you want to call it story driven linear big high production values but then the flip side of that is an ongoing continually growing and changing and very much budget being thrown back into it online sphere so i think that's a reasonable answer
2: that's what i mean more than gta online being good or bad doesn't really matter gta online is still going Mm. You know, so that's where I A look decade at. later almost because GTA five GTA is probably was twenty thirteen, right? Yes. Yep.
1: I wanna say it was right before or right <clears throat> around the time that the PS4 and three sixty or the Xbox One launched. It was very close. Yeah, I believe it's like right there. Yeah, like September or something before the November. I remember it. Uh so I know that much. But
3: that's fine.
1: I think kind of in the spirit of what you're saying, I'm going to pull one from uh, Donovan, my buddy. September, look at that. Uh, He says, and I think this is kind of in line with what you're saying, Chris. He says, why add an A? We should just readjust what AAA and, and AA games are. The label AAA gets slapped on way too many games now. The classic metrics are the size of the studio, game budget, and, quote, high-profile status, end quote. Uh, every one of those are all on the grander scale than ever. We need more clear definitions to be set. We don't need a precedent of adding more arbitrary letters to a recognizable naming structure. And as much as we postulated on what it may be last week, I actually think this is in line with what I think is actually the best way to look at it. I don't know. I, I think that no matter what, because double A and triple and A have been around and are and so incredibly recognizable for so long that any time that you try and add a letter to that, it's going to feel arbitrary. Yeah. And the only time that you might be able to pull it off is if you do something. So revolutionary to gaming that you can't define it. And the reality is, is I can't think of the last game that was that revolutionary to gaming. And they clearly didn't do it then. So trying to do it now when we're clearly not hitting that mark just feels like buzzword marketing appeal trying to get into the heads of the people who are very deep into this idea of console wars so that they can be like, or even status of games in general. And so they can throw, well, this, my, my quadruple aims game, my quadruple a game is better than your triple a game. That's kind of what it feels like, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but Saul, what are your thoughts? I mean, clearly you've played both of those two games or you haven't actually, you haven't played the last of us two, but you've Mm-mm. seen it, you know, things about it and you've played some red dead. Uh, what are your thoughts on that?
0: Uh, you know, that's actually not a bad point that if red dead's online was really successful that's probably what i would actually consider the first quadruple a game if it wasn't the last of us two um yeah well
1: but I the last of us two might have actually gotten there if it launched um what's it called if it launched uh factions
0: the new factions alongside it clearly it didn't well and see i think donovan has a good point of like why not just readjust what triple a and double a mean Which we've always done, right? Yeah, it's always been like a user, not a user, but like an industry standard word. Yeah. It would just take the industry resetting it.
1: Well, AAA has just gotten grander. That doesn't mean you suddenly got to add an extra A. It's just now AAA means an even higher bar of quality. Than What it did contextually 10 years ago because games as a whole have more money and more work going into them than than ever which kind of leads me to an interesting standpoint because one of our longtime patrons Sean one Neo over on uh, Twitter said something that I think is such a weird choice personally. Uh, because I kind of think I get where he's going, but I feel like all games are hitting this point now. He said, I agree any game that takes around five years or more to make and have realistic visuals like The Last of Us 2 should be considered quadruple A. And then he also mirrors that with, he wants to repeat that not every game has to be made to that level to be considered good. But Hmm. I feel like the problem right now is that almost every triple A game, shy of like call of duty seems to be taking upwards of five years to make. We saw five years between horizon zero dawn and horizon forbidden West. Uh, We're seeing four years between God of War 2018 and it'd be like four and a half by the time it launches. But uh, between that and Ragnarok where you saw a a very long period. Uh, I think Elden Ring was probably in development for 3 to 4 years, right?
0: So and that's not even 2017. So yeah. So about 3 years, yeah. Maybe longer. There's no there's uh, no real time. There's no real way to know.
1: I don't know if well, they ever have said multiple
0: teams, so. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But yeah, still the grand point is games are taking longer to make than ever, and I don't necessarily know that that can be a, a great denote like denotation of what level a game is. I mean, a, a double a game could still take five years to make as long as it's budgeted and, you know, created around the expectations of that, um, naming. So I, I think that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, but anything you guys want to add to those before I move on?
2: I mean, hollow Knight came out in 2017. What's that? I said hollow Knight came out in 2017. Silk songs, not even hollow Knight. Yet. Yeah. Oh Yeah.
1: Yeah. Wow. And, yeah, ho- that and, and that's an indie game. Exactly. Made by two people. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Maybe so, more I mean, now, probably. But, makes sense yeah. why it hasn't come out yet, but still hasn't come out. So proving your point.
1: Yeah. Uh. Well, uh, Chris, I know you've got a load, but you want to grab the uh, one from Facebook?
2: Sure. It is Cody McInnes, who I believe is the one who sent this question in. It is. uh personally, I think several titles could be called quadruple A, at least on Sony's side, like Ratchet and Clank or Rift Apart or Horizon Forbidden West, games that really push the bar of what current gen can do. There's really only been a handful of titles that truly utilize all of the PS5 features. Sony spends an untold amount of money developing these games and advertising them, and, and they actually deliver. Those are quadruple A games to me, guaranteed to be a great game, basically. But until it's fully legit with a dedicated quadruple A studio, it is pretty much just the title to sell more games, which I actually find interesting what he's saying there because by his logic, Insomniac, gorilla Naughty Dog would all be studios built to make quadruple A games, right?
1: At, at, if that's what he's saying, even though I guess in a weird way he's saying like the closest he can see right now would be those games because they... They hit the mark and deliver. But then he kind of wraps it up in saying that realistically right now, it's just if we're going to look at what the word would actually mean in marketing is just a a pretty title to try and sell more copies of that game or at least to drum up more interest so that hopefully it sells more day one. But this leads to an interesting thing because clearly we're a PlayStation podcast Mm. And clearly we have a lot of listeners who are very uh, involved in the PlayStation sphere of things and look at these things through a slightly different lens than someone who might be on the other side or more you know, system agnostic or whatever you want to call it. But it leads to that point where... Not saying that they're wrong to say so or anything, but I see a lot of remarks of saying that Sony Studios are getting close to this quadruple A mark. Uh, like this RMG0731 from Twitter saying does not exist. There are high quality triple A studios like many of Sony's third party, then very low quality triple A studios like three four three. If Naughty Dog is, is quadruple A, then nothing else is. My point being is that. There's Sony studios that are getting the benefit of the doubt to say that they're here, but then these same groups of... I shouldn't say the same groups of people, but there are Sony fans that hear Quadruple A and want to make fun of it, but then there's also people on the Sony side that are saying that if Quadruple A exists, it only realistically exists in Sony and maybe Rockstar, which are pretty synonymous with Sony at this particular point. And all I'm trying to say is it's real easy to think that your system has the only games that are great and of a certain quality. And I even honestly agree, but I hope that anybody who sent in these types of opinions is not defaulting to them simply because it's what they've played and they don't honestly know what's on the other side of the aisle. The opinion in of itself is fine, but I hope you're not dunking on Halo Infinite to this specific degree without playing Halo Infinite enough to see what you think of it since it is the competition's big triple-A game. And how does Halo Infinite compare to The Last of Us? And since The Last <laughs> of Us 2 doesn't have multiplayer, you compare the single-player to that. And do I ultimately agree that The Last of Us 2 is in every way, shape, and form a way better game than Halo Infinite? Yes, I do. That's an opinion still. But I all I'm saying mm. is Take the time, if you have the means to do so, to expand out occasionally, if you have the ability and means to do so. Most of the time, it's monetarily. And don't just assume that PlayStation is the only one hitting these highs because you like PlayStation. That's just to take a moment and Sure, but PlayStation be is the only one
2: hitting these highs. <laughs> exactly. Like I said, I don't disagree <laughs> like, with, the, with the thing. I just... <laughs>
1: I just hope that you're reaching this point because then, uh, you spent time using Halo really Infinite looking is into the it.
2: Example is not, you, is, I would have I would have even said Gears of War Three before I said Halo. <laughs> Infinite, bro. Well like, Gears of War I'm Five. Sorry. No. I would have said Gears of War Three.
1: Uh Well, okay, let's see, which leads to the biggest problem, right? Sony's also in a position of being well, here's a weird thing. Because people are fans typically of console brands more so than they tend to be uh, fans of publishers, even though the console brands are still publishers, I feel like first party games get viewed at in a very different prism than third party games, even though third party games like dude, Red Dead Redemption 2 is a higher quality game than most first party games across the board. It just is from a production standpoint and all sorts of things. Now, whether or not it's as good of a game is entirely up to what your tastes are. But... It's rare that games get treated in that way, and more so we seem to look at the ones that are exclusive or have some air of exclusivity to them. Um, and again, is it true? Most likely. I still can't say that I've played every game, but the question that comes it comes down to is, poor Microsoft hasn't even released a title besides Halo Infinite that is a AAA title for us to compare to the Sony side. So it's it's a weird conversation to have right now.
2: The only thing I can say is that the only one of the two publishers so far that have advertised a, triple, a quadruple A studio is Microsoft for the initiative, and they had to get Crystal Dynamics to make that game. So it is objectively funny.
1: It is. I agree with that. And, you know, there's all these arguments about whether or not Microsoft intended to put quadruple A and I personally, there's intended no way for the didn't. public to see. <laughs> yeah. Well, cause it's the same thing, right? Even if it's not marketing buzzwords for, for the game to sell, it's, or at least as a product, it's, it's marketing buzzwords to sell to developers. Hey, we're going to try and get the highest talent we can by saying that our studio is not just AAA, a quadruple a. So come be a part of this team. So you can be part of this monumental time in history where we make the first quadruple a game. Clearly it didn't work because the initiative didn't wasn't able to get propped up enough to develop the game on their own. So
2: Yeah. It's true. <laughs> mm.
1: All right, Saul, you have any thoughts on that particular No. <laughs> kind of a loaded thing, but No, not really. All right. So that leads us into the news. So thank you to everyone. Uh, We didn't get every single response, uh, but for everyone who did, thank you so much. If you want to be part of the community's take, remember that that is the time period of the show where we look back at the previous episodes, main topic, and we reach out to you guys and we get a feel for what you thought on the topic, what your opinions are so that you can change our opinions or we can go more in depth on certain aspects that you wanted to hear about. It just acts as a chance for you guys to kind of push back and give your thoughts and for us to learn from them. So, Head over to Twitter if you want to be part of that. That's at Triangle S Q R D. You can find us on Facebook as well. There's a group, Triangle Square a PlayStation Podcast. Ask to be entered in there, and I'll gladly let you in. Or you can go to the Discord, which is linked down in the description below. And we have a Communities take section where you can come in and discuss these things to your heart's content with us. Uh, podcast open discussion as well. Uh, so we hope to see you guys there. And remember if you're liking the show so far, if you're on podcast services, give it a give it a rating or a like or whatever it is that it lets you do, let people know if the show is worth your time. Or if you're on YouTube, like the video, share the video, let people know about us. But we're going to go ahead and move into the news if that sounds good with you boys. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me what's going on. First piece of news. No More Heroes 3 touches down on October 11th for PS5, PS4, Xbox and PC. The game was, as you may know, already released for the Nintendo Switch in August of last year and boasts an open open critic score of 76. So it's not a slouch, but it sounds like a perfectly solid game. If you're into the No More Heroes long line of games or if this is going to be your first time coming in, have fun with it.
2: If you're into the No More Heroes joke or No More Heroes games, that was a great joke. Anyway, continue. I was very proud of that one. (laughs) Cut. (laughs) <laughs> there you go.
0: Uh, I didn't play No More Heroes.
1: Personally, no thoughts on that. I've never played a No More Heroes game. I do remember that when I worked at GameStop, uh, the first one had come out for the Wii. Or at least it had, it had been out for a while. It actually may have been No More Heroes 2 that had come out for the Wii. And people loved it. It was like one of those obvious cult classic games. Mm-hmm. I kind of miss working at GameStop because you can find some really, really good niche games. I learned about Nier from gamestop dude came in original near you piece of crap you haven't played the game
2: (laughs) i was just joking damn
1: i'll box with you i'll make you play red dead 2
0: bro this is this is the kind of podcast where all three hosts has to like near i'm out if you don't like near just just a big old fyi
2: oh man that's like that's like when blake goes uh if you don't stop, I'm going to leave this podcast and left the podcast the next episode. <laughs> How tragic! Yeah, the best
1: line of that entire podcast, best one at all. Hey Onyx, was my baby. I don't want to be pretentious <laughs> as we're talking about a black and white French film.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm so re- I'm still really proud of the uh, Parkinson's joke I made. Love that joke. Oh, Chris, Parkinson's is nothing to joke about. (laughs) No, but it was just subtle enough to be great. I know. Hey, look, my grandmother had
1: Parkinson's. It's okay. It's a real thing that exists. You can't joke about it.
2: You can't do anything. Uh,
1: For the record, I bought No More Heroes
2: 1 if you're curious. So you can play it. Is it on PS4? Yeah, I own it. So you can download it. Hmm. I mean, in your opinion, is it worth playing? I don't know. I didn't play it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so here you are with your if you are a No More Heroes fan, that's a good joke, but also I've never played No
2: More it's Heroes. A, it's a great, I looked up the character's name. The character's name is Travis Touchdown, alright? It's a great it joke.
1: I I know that that's his name, but <laughs> it's just new funny new that new you're new acting new new like new. it's a deep cut.
2: <laughs> I never said I played him. I said I thought the joke was good. What's yeah, the next yeah, piece of yeah, news,
1: Chris. jerk? You know what the next piece of news is? MMA fighter oh, Makuru Asakura toured Ryuga. How do you actually say that, Chris? You probably actually heard it pronounced <laughs> Ryuga Gotoku. Okay. Studio recently and has seemingly <laughs> revealed the first look at Yakuza 8. In the video, he posted about his tower off screen images showing Ichiban Kasuga, Yunaba, and Koichi Adachi. It doesn't appear the images were meant to be out there, but it's an interesting look. So there you are. If you're a Yakuza fan waiting to see what's going to happen with the series next, there you are. Chris, you may know, did we ever get word as to whether they were going to continue or be able to continue with the judgment series because of the actor that they no, put in No, it's still in, in limbo with
2: his, uh, his talent agency. Pfft. That sucks because judgment's awesome.
1: It reminds me, I don't know. You may not know this, and honestly, Saul, you may or may not. Um Genesis was originally designed with I think also a model in mind or some kind of very big celebrity within Japan. For and a, he Final was Face co-created Core, right? with that. Yeah. Okay. Uh and he, the character was co-created with him in mind actually for Doja Cerberus. I don't know if you remember that. He shows up in Dirge Cerberus first.
0: Right. And play then he comes game. in
1: Crisis Core as a main character. Um but point being is that he was co-created with that guy in mind and that, that uh, celebrity helped do it. And there were people that thought that that might have been one of the reasons that Crisis Core wasn't being remade is because they thought there was a similar talent agency stuff going on where they couldn't use his likeness or whatever it be. Um, then, of course, you know the classic other one that people thought it was the ending song for the uh, end of the game. That was the issue, but...
0: Was yeah. that the actual issue It's, it's or interesting. It never been released? What was the actual issue?
1: And they haven't said anything. I guess we'll learn whenever we play the Crisis Core remaster as to whether the song... We know that Genesis doesn't seem to be the issue, but we'll see if the original ending song is in the new ending or not. Sure. Licensed music is also... If I'm not mistaken, I think it's also the reason that they couldn't do Birth by Sleep digital on PSP initially because they didn't get a license that allowed them to sell the game digitally. Weird. It was a license strictly for physical media. So it was really weird. I just remember that the PSP Go had come out and they're and like Sony was showing the PSP Go and then also being like, here's great PSP games coming out. And here goes Birth by Sleep, a game that you literally cannot play on their brand new system.
0: Yeah, that was... Oh, I wanted a PSP Go so bad, but that was honestly a breaking point to be fair. There's such a cool system too, but
1: the they are. you know the great thing is is that the p s p go is incredibly easy to uh to mod so you could play the game on there anyway <laughs> it's not the way Sony wanted you to um but yeah it's real interesting how that stuff goes on it kind of reminds me like Sony has a weird tendency of releasing products that don't work with their other products or other things like I always thought it was weird that you come out with the p s four pro and you say, and even your PS4, you're like, "Hey, we're going to add HDR with an update to PS4." And here goes the um, PlayStation VR, but the first model is not going to have HDR pass through, even though the other primary tech that we're talking about in the same unveiling is HDR. Stupid. How does that even make sense? But it's all where we where we are. Um, Saul, you ever played any of the Yakuza games?
0: No, I have. I got zero when it was on PS Plus. Actually, I got zero, mm. one, and three. Maybe is there on PS Plus games? I got all the ones that were. PS Kiwami Plus. was definitely Kiwami. Uh, was I run, think it was Kiwami zero.
1: Two. Yeah, and zero as well, right? Yes. If not, I know I bought zero originally. Uh, the red case, Greatest Hits, um, mm-hmm. during some Black Friday for like ten dollars. Tried playing it, never got very far. Uh, anyway, incredible i really liked kiwami and i really yeah. wanted to like zero because i was trying to carry that momentum and it just didn't work i may come back to it one of these days sounds like i need you to. Uh, next piece of news though sony has been moving into the esports space aggressively recently with its purchase of evo back in march of 2018 as you may remember its announcement of the end zone product line targeting pc players and now SIE has purchased esports technology platform repeat.gg I have to assume that the GG stands for a good game and they're just trying to
2: I have no idea that's just what it's called <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, The platform is designed so that players of any skill level can take part in free and paid entry tournaments for Warzone, Fortnite, League of Legends, etc. So basically, all of these very big esports design (coughs) games. So while Sony is making moves into the esports space on PC, it'll be interesting to see how they can leverage these into one of their supposed 10 live service games currently in development. And also... What's going to happen with these things on the actual console side? Um, Because if if I remember right, Chris, I never used a feature because it's not much to my speed and you may not have either because I know you play Apex, but I don't think you play anything else. I'm pretty sure PlayStation 4 had a tournament feature where you could set up tournament brackets for games at the system level for like OS, right?
2: Couldn't tell you. That sounds like something they didn't kill, like communities. (laughs) (laughs)
1: They definitely did kill it.
2: Uh, Hold on. PS4
1: tournament. Brackets. Oh, yes, we did have his community. It's gone now. Uh, Let's see. I wonder if I can find it. That's Guilty Gear. That's probably not. Hold on. Uh, Man, I can't remember what it was called, though. Someone's gonna have to tell me if I was right. It's one of those features that like, I never needed to use, so I just never thought of it. I I, I don't even know how to like <laughs> how to word it <laughs> to figure out what it. I don't know. It's fine, I yes. suppose,
2: but. Answer, click into the Events app on the PlayStation 4 Content Launcher and select the Teams icon at the bottom. Then click Create Team. You will be able to customize your team and invite friends to join. On the Team Tournaments page, you can join and create teams to play in tournaments with. Wow, that was a mouthful. All right.
1: I don't know what you Googled, but good job, Chris. (laughs) But basically, this kind of speaks to that thing that a lot of companies do it's not just sony google clearly microsoft people have ideas they throw all their weight into them and then they completely divest themselves of them but it's more <coughs> weird to me that sony goes all in on this on ps4 does all this stuff then backs out and deletes it from functionality on ps4 as far as i can tell i might be wrong on that one is team still able is it still around as far as it was acting no like? it doesn't it doesn't say well, either way, if that was the case and now Sony's buying all this stuff, it kind of leads you to wonder, like, if they've been thinking this, if they bought Evo back in 2018, why would the PlayStation 5 not be made out of the box with an OS feature for tournaments and for eSports so that these, the system is made from the ground up to go hand in hand with these things that they've purchased? It's so weird. I yeah. just, I don't know how else to say it. It's like, why are you spending money on things that you don't intend to incorporate? Esports is all about gaming. You have a gaming platform. Why is it not tied into your gaming platform inherently? You can argue why it wasn't tied into PS4. Why would it not be on PS5? Why would you not be wanting to make the PS5 the de facto esports console?
2: Well, the PS5 is the de facto esports console because they own Evo. I mean, yes, but and then this e- is all- e- Evo
1: is not all of esports, is it? And I might be wrong, because I don't follow esports. I mean and if it is, then Evo is completely throw everything out
2: of the way. But I, know it's big. I mean I think Evo that is this strictly
1: is- fighting, right? It's fighting game esports.
2: Yeah, but I don't think that this uh, I don't think that this is a feature that needed to be built into the console because there are apps like this one that they just bought that do this already. And it's probably a lot easier to get this all set up on a computer or on a phone than it is to, let's see, what, what was it that I said? Go to the teams pay icon, then create a team, then go to the, t- then customize your team and invite your, fr- like that seems like a lot when instead they can make an app or make something on a computer side that can organize it rather than trying to do that on the console. The console is just to play the games and then you can do this on your phone. That kind
1: Maybe. Of thing. I get your point in saying that it seems like it's easier, but from what it just sounds like, you're just going to do all those same things on a phone. So I guess your argument in the long run is that it's easier and more intuitive, intuitive to do those things on a phone as
2: opposed to trying to do them on a console. I mean, in, in a microcosm, it's easier to go through your vault on your phone than it is in Destiny 2. I mean, you're not wrong. So I think setting up a tournament is easier on a computer on a phone than it would be system level. Assuming that the connectivity is there, that okay, hey, log into your PSN, connect your connect your PlayStation, done, boom, over with. Like it does with the other apps. I think that that makes more I sense. I mean if to me that is if that is where they're going with this,
1: then that's fair. But even then I just still feel like wouldn't you have wanted to have one of these ready for launch of PlayStation 5 and market that alongside the system? Maybe not because PlayStation 5s are still hard to get, so it's like you didn't feel well, the immediate need to do that because it's like people are going to buy them anyway right now. You don't have to market this as a primary feature. That. Even if it's not a feature of the console, it's a feature of the ecosystem, right?
2: Yeah, but why are you going to why is Sony going to do that work for Respawn? Right, Sony doesn't have a game that would take advantage of this. They're going, oh, mean repeat. To.
1: Sorry, I got you. Yeah, what? Why, what you said, respawn for a second. I thought you were talking about like the, the
2: studio. I was talking about the studio. Like, why Why would Sony? Oh, so you mean for, this work you. for respawn to set up their esports when Sony doesn't have one of these games yet? However, it sounds like we're close to a, a live service competitive game coming from sony so now they're they're like okay now we got to do this hey we have uh .gg is willing to be bought and come into our system they'll set it up very quickly very easily done over with like i don't know why they would be like they would set up system features to help out ea and activision
1: you know what i mean I get I get what you mean. Basically Sony's doing a chicken and egg thing and they're getting everything set up so that when the egg of the online service game hatches, right.
2: they've already got everything they need in place to be able to service it. Exactly. When Uncharted 5's Our, multiplayer mode comes out, it's already set up for them, but they don't need to do that work for Call of Duty, you know. Yeah.
1: This is a, it, it's weird cuz Saul has changed a lot in terms of, and everyone does because you have more and less time. But so I think it'd be fairly accurate to say that at one point in time, definitely in your teenage years and maybe your early, um, out of high school years, you were very big into competitive multiplayer gaming way more than you are now. Absolutely. Now I don't, I mean, esports I think existed back then, just clearly not at the same level as they do now. Uh, is this something that, like, right place, right time, you as young Saul would like uh, at the system level, being able to do this stuff with your friends so you can set these things up? I guess it kind of makes me think of, like, when we were at Jeffrey's house and we were setting up Smash to be able to do these tournament brackets, which that's at the game level, which is nice. But it's just kind of in that in that setup. Do you think that that's something that at one point in time you would have really liked, even though I, I have a feeling that right now you'd be rather indifferent about it?
0: Uh well like back in the Xbox days we actually used the uh MLG um website to set up tournaments. And like it was like it was like a weird form of like tournament matchmaking for those that didn't know.
1: Yeah, so, MLG like, is like where Halos played, right? When that's it, where when that's it where was that's, that was completely. the
0: esport like beginning. Like that was all that was a lot of games. Cause all that stuff yeah. was major league gaming. Sure. So like we played Halo on there, Gears of War, Call of Duty, um, everything, anything that could be competitive was on MLG's website. Hmm. So we just used MLG's website to create a bracket, and then like, or, or to join a bracket. And uh, if I remember correctly, like you would you would be placed against people who had the same like MLG ranking you did. And uh, eventually you can qualify for qualifiers and then tournaments and then you can travel to do it. All those MLG tournaments and stuff like that was through like the website or was uh, event side. So like you would sign up at an event and you would just bring a team. So like it's kind of done the same way. I just don't think the problem is, though, is like esports is only I say is only is mainly massive on PC right now, like. League of Legends, Counter-Strike, Well, uh, And that's kind of
1: why, on my side, I wonder if part of the reason that is, is because the consoles have never really been given the treatment of having these things be that. But it may honestly just be that a lot of esports-style games, because like, arguably, like, Overwatch is an esports game now, right? Yes. Yeah. Or at least was. Uh, Now Overwatch 2 will, I guess, take its place. And Overwatch... Was on console, yes. But even though it was on console, I assume that the esports version of it was PC. Uh-huh. It was something they did on PC. I'm sure there now, was is some, that
2: because. Go ahead. I'm pretty sure there were some console leagues because I was a big Overwatch player for a while. Um,
0: but yeah. The the majority, like this, if you were a serious Overwatch player, you were playing it on PC, correct? Yeah, that's how most esports games function. Like, if you are serious about the game, like. And you want to be hardcore competitive, go to tournaments, kind of thing. It's mostly all PC. There's exceptions for consoles in there, but like um, Apex, for example, or Warzone. And even though that these are crossplay things, most people, it's like once you, once you get used to like the mouse and the keyboard culture, I should say, like it's kind of all done through that culture. Like it's it's well, and, and that kind of that's, culture that's upholding yeah. it.
1: You kind of lead me to what I've, as I've been listening, because this is a, so far out of my typical purview. I haven't really thought of it until now, but in the grand scheme of talking about people that are being hyper-competitive, when you're wanting a play to play a game at that level, you're typically so to that point that you're going to eschew controllers completely, which means that you go towards keyboard and mouse. And even though con- uh, consoles support keyboard and mouse now, it's still more ingrained in the PC. yeah. And then you, you keep going, well, okay, I'm going this competitive. Well, now instead of stopping at just wanting to make sure I'm using mouse and keyboard for the absolute best, you know, hand, eye, whatever, then you get into the people that go, well, I want a PC as well because I can drop the resolution down to 720p and bump my, f- whatever it be, I can drop it down to 720 or 1080 and bump my frames per second up to 144 or 160 or 240 so I can get that extra edge over my competition. And I think when you start working at that thing, I think it's really it's like you said it's a culture thing. Consoles have never been made for cutting edge co- competition, so it's not really. It maybe it's just more that the competition, the so nature of that competition, yeah. doesn't thrive on consoles because the PC is the space for that to happen.
0: So yeah, I mean that's it's, it's I, I I don't know. It's hard to explain, but it's like. That's kind of the culture around a lot of competitive PC gaming. So, like, it kind of like esports didn't start with consoles, but like it blew up on consoles, in my opinion. Like Gears of War, Call of Duty, Halo. And that kind of gave Counter Strike the resurgence that it needed. And then League of Legends came out. And then, you know, you eventually got to where you are now, like with Valorant and Apex and Warzone. And uh, Master Duel is a weird esport. Um, you have a lot of. Yeah. Them. And if you notice, like, it's weird. I would say, like, 80% of famous Twitch streamers are only PC players. Like, they play on other consoles, but, like, they are primarily playing on PC, the games that they're playing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. All right. Well, then moving along, Chris, I know you bounced out for a second. Are you good on your side? Yeah. Just so I know.
2: Okay, I cool. mean, we'll see All right. Fine.
1: Moving along. Uh, Stray is out. That's all Chris put. Uh, sorry, <laughs> Stray is out.
2: Yes. Or meow 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 meow.
1: That was uh, Chris using the dedicated meow button mm-hmm. in Stray. Uh, next piece of news. Oh well, look, look, we don't have to skip over that. Quick question. You've already, you're already playing Stray, Chris. I yeah. know you are. Saul, do you have intentions of playing Stray eventually? Eventually. All right. I figured. Uh, you and your your waifu being uh, cat lovers as we are uh, in this show that you'd be interested in to some degree. It seems like a game that Annie would want to play. So, uh, all right, next thing up though, God of War Ragnarok has been available for pre-order since July 15th. And with that comes some details regarding the graphics modes for the game. The options are the usual fare for Sony titles. So, of course, you have 4K slash 30 frames per second mode and a dynamic resolution mode that outputs at 4K. This also comes with the revelation that players will have to pay a $10 upgrade from the PS4 version to access the PS5 version as we knew from Jim Ryan saying that Horizon would be the last game they honored that on because it was the only one that they announced that way. So sadly, Jim Ryan didn't accidentally include God of War when talking about free upgrades like he did Horizon. Uh, So it would not appear that Sony will reverse course this time. Cross-gen stuff is so weird right now. I don't even know how to approach that topic.
0: It is a weird. Yeah, it is. It's unlike any other generation. There's
3: that
1: There's that part of me that's like at that point, why not just charge $70 for the fucking PS4
2: version? Cuz yeah. you're getting a lesser version. I mean, I agree, but I can see the logic of why like if I'm only playing on PS4, I'd be like, I don't want to pay for a PS5 version I can't use right now. But arguably,
1: and this is arguably because this really comes down to you hear this argument a lot, but not all of us being deep in how the industry works do we have a full understanding. But arguably, you're paying $70 for a PC ver- or for a PS5 version that's not even as good as a PS5 only version would have actually been if the game was made with PS5 only in mind. From oh, I go. So if you have that mindset, then I'm already paying $10 more for
2: something that's not
1: as good as it would have been had it been a strictly PS5 game.
2: I don't disagree with you. I just don't have any answer. And I I don't know. Damn you, Jim hobby. Ryan. Just
1: we demand <laughs> answers. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's a weird one. But I personally, it doesn't impact me. So it's, it's one of those things where like I have an opinion on it, but it's hard to have an
2: opinion so strong that I would do anything about it. You, you know what I'm thinking about, Brett? You bought it, too. Does the Collector's Edition come with the PS5 version or the PS4 version? Both. Okay. I, I didn't it, I didn't even think comes, to check until right now. It comes
1: with the digital deluxe version or whatever that includes PS4 and PS5. Gotcha. Okay, cool. It may not be the digital deluxe. Don't follow my exact wording on that. But the same thing happened with the Horizon uh, Collector's Edition. It was a code for the version that you could buy that includes the PS4 and PS5 version, so you can play it on both systems. Cool. So, (laughs) have that information as you will. Um, Have it. No, God of War Ragnarok looks awesome. I am a little disappointed that this seems... It's in line with what I would have expected. But at the same time, just to clarify for anybody, dynamic resolution mode that outputs at 4K... Seems to be an unlocked frame rate, kind of like we saw with God of War 2018 on PS4 Pro, where if you played with dynamic resolution instead of the 1800p, um, 30 frames per second that they had locked or whatever it was, it may have been 1400p. Um, so it sounds like you're not guaranteed a exact 60, like a lot of other PlayStation games have done, like a uh, performance mode on Horizon, uh, or performance mode on uh, Ratchet or Spider Man. Are pretty much any other PlayStation 5 game, um, the um, Demon Souls remake comes to mind as well. And I'm definitely going to be playing in whatever mode is going to give me the best frame rate, as long as it's consistent. Because I don't know if either of y'all did. Uh, they ended up adding a frame rate lock later to it. But did either of you play Infamous Second Son at launch?
0: No. Well, I did, but I don't remember my experience.
1: The game launched with an unlocked frame rate with no ability to frame cap it at 30. And the problem was that the game would go from 30 to like 47, but it would do it so quickly and sometimes that it would look juddery as a result and it actually looked smoother just locking it at a 30 when they finally added the ability to do so. Um, I want to say they also added a 60 frames per second mode for PS4 Pro. That sounds right in my mind. I don't know for sure. <laughs> You're talking about two I or second son. Second son.
0: Oh, you said two. I think you did oh, say infamous sorry. 2 second son. Oh, yeah, sorry. I be meant be infamous
1: right. second son. And and you know, I was thinking I was like he must second be second son at launch. Yeah. If I said that, my apologies, but no, second son at launch launched with an unlocked frame rate. And it was really weird. I personally don't like unlocked frame rates. I'd rather just lock at a specific frame rate. If the game is going to, I don't mind unlock frame rates if it's if it's consistent. Like if it's like forty five to forty seven, fine, I can deal with that. It's better than playing it at thirty frames per second, but not if it's going twenty nine, thirty seven, thirty two, forty five. You're like, all right, what's going on here? It feels juddery. Um, so, is what it is. So, you gonna play Ragnarok at launch?
0: Yes, I'm gonna replay the you're original try to the first one. That's I, I plan on playing two games that launched this year so far, uh, and that is going to be... Midnight Suns? Uh, no, but maybe. Uh, <laughs> I am excited for that game. But um, I am going to... I have enough credit card reward ro- 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 points now to get The Last of Us remastered for free, or remake for free. Uh, nice! So I'm going to get that at launch and play through that, and then immediately after that, I'm going to go straight to The Last of Us 2. and then um, Okay, smart. Ragnarok. I'm going to do the exact same thing for Ragnarok. I'm going to play 2018 first.
1: And go straight into uh, Ragnarok? Straight into Ragnarok. Man, I'm curious how that's going to work. Definitely for like The Last of Us 4 you, because it's like a hit or miss thing. The Last of Us 2 is such a long game that coming off of The Last of Us 1 right before it, definitely if they make it play exactly like The Last of Us 2 does, I wonder if that has the potential of giving you gameplay fatigue. Kind of like remember when you were playing Uncharted, the collection, and you went through one and two, and by the time you hit three, you yeah, were just but, at that gameplay I got fatigue. got two games, though. Yeah, but the difference is, is that that's two games that are each roughly 12 hours, like 12 to 14 maybe hours. The Last of Us 1 is like a 15-hour game, and The Last of Us 2 is like a 40-hour game.
0: Yeah. Well, um,
1: my... And then God of War is like a 30-something-hour game, and you're going to be going immediately into another 30-hour game. I'm just curious. I, I mean, I hope not, but I am curious as to if you'll go through it with God of War after. Because, um, yeah, God of War is after The Last of Us. So I'll, I'm curious if you're, The Last of Us experience will lock you into that idea, idea or if it'll kind of deter you from it at all.
0: My current expectations is that right now, um, I am going to since I have not played the last of Us two, but I kind of got spoiled on what happens in it uh and that kind of tainted of course like those context or those spoilers out of context, they're gonna taint how you feel about the game uh so True. um I'm going to play through the last of us one remake, and then I am going to um I am going to use that as an advantage to play through the last of us two. And I might be doing something that is going to be um, maybe an unpopular opinion, but I will for sure be playing through um, uh, The Last of Us 2, and I will be rating it based on how it is directly after The Last of Us 12, 1 remake. If that makes sense,
1: that'll be interesting. Yeah. Because The Last of Us Remake will have a little bit of modern sensibilities baked into a game that is going to be designed as it were a 2013 game as it was. And you're going to be going into a game that was designed as a 2020 game. It's going to be really interesting to see. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to talking with you about The Last of Us 2 just because I want to hear that particular side of like finally coming into it because you've had opinions and me and you've had discussions about the things that you know about the last of us two, but the things that you don't know about the last of us two are some story related things, of course. Right. But then also a lot of gameplay stuff that you have zero real hands-on experience with.
0: Right. Hmm. So I'm, I'm excited.
1: Okay. All right. Uh, you know, that's, I think I may save that for the end because there's a, there's a, a question that kind of got asked to me from uh, Ryan while we were talking recently but I'll bring that up in a little bit. Uh the last piece of news that we have for the time being is that Sony has revealed PlayStation Stars and no, that's not a sequel to 2012's PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale. Dreads. It's instead a loyalty program for players. The program is free to join and will allow players to, quote, earn rewards by completing a variety of campaigns and activities, end quote. Uh, in addition to potential wallet funds, Sony is proving, quote, digital, providing, rather, quote, digital collectibles uh, with the service. The company was very clear that these are not considered NFTs. They're definitely not NFTs and definitely cannot be bought or sold. While details aren't known Grace Chin told the Washington Post that players can get rewards for earning trophies or even being the first to earn a platinum trophy in their region. Uh, it seems like region may mean time zone from what they were talking about, but we'll definitely see how that goes. Uh, the service will roll out later in the year in a phased regional approach, presumably just in time to allow players to roast for the race rather, for the God of War platinum. I'm real curious. Hear me out. PSVR 2 is still coming. Maybe this is something very close to my idea of where you do get digital collectibles and you can just view them on your system as much as you want and display them in weird ways. But what if we're getting towards my idea of PSVR 2 bringing back a form of something that's PlayStation Home-like where you can set these digital collectibles up in your apartment or your house or whatever.
2: That'd be And silly. people can walk through and see all the things you've learned. Hear me out will mean you are on the same, same, same page Haven Studios is making PlayStation Home
1: dude if that's actually what they're making color me interested <laughs> <laughs> if that's really what it is I'm very interested we'll have to definitely see I love how Chris in our private chat
2: spoilers for the last of us <laughs> I'm just just being safe, but it's fr- it's from the new game. It's a cutscene from I, the game.
1: Yeah, I just love it because we've all played The Last of Us.
2: <laughs> I know,
1: but I appreciate your spoiler warnings, Chris. Um, so, it looks I it's really good though. Yeah, it does. I like this idea for PlayStation Stars, but this comes back to what I was talking about before. Sony has done reward things like this before and then quit randomly. Saul, I know you were there. You remember it. Yeah. And Blake uh, was, was doing it as well. When they had game tie in PlayStation rewards, it was, you got Sony reward points for doing things in the PlayStation realm. Not all that different from what they're talking about here. If you platinum so many games, you'd get a certain amount of points. If you got so many silver trophies, you'd get certain points. So this is clearly an evolution of that. But we've seen Sony do this and then bounce out of it. And then what do we see? Microsoft come with the same idea, made it a little bit better, and have not yet abandoned it. What I'm yet. trying to figure out is, in not, uh, yes, yet. <laughs> All things in due time.
2: <laughs> They're going to delay it. We got to
1: remember they made three Zoons, <laughs> three Zoom models before they decided they didn't want to make Zoom anymore. Those bastards. Three Zune uh,
2: models before an exclusive Bethesda game. Sorry. Forget not get mad at me.
1: Well, I mean, they well, can probably pump out another three Zune models before they get an ex- <laughs> exclusive <laughs> Bethesda game. <laughs> I joke. I don't. Uh, I don't. I like the idea, but it's just. I don't like when any company, Saul, you remember talking about this too, that feeling of like when a company does something and you kind of feel like they're in this preliminary period of figuring out if they want to do it or not. Like, I think you and I had a similar conversation around Pixel of like, we didn't buy Pixel 1, even though we knew about it. And we chose to buy Pixel 2 because it felt like a good thing of like, maybe Sony, maybe Google is going to stick around with Pixel. But then our Pixel 2 experience wasn't great. So both of us bounced out because we kind of thought pixels may go by the wayside, and here I am now with a pixel six right So they've not gone anywhere. Uh, but I'm wary. like you know, people were talking about Google Stadia, and I remember one of the first things I said about Google Stadia is this seems exactly like the kind of thing that Google will do, put a ton of money and effort into, announce a bunch of stuff for it, and about six months after it not performing like they anticipated it to because they put too much money behind it for unnecessary things they're going to just completely drop it and then they did microsoft has done that time and again they did it with their twitch thing what was it called uh, stitcher what was it called i don't even remember
0: i don't know what that's called either
1: oh it's gonna kill me that i can't think of it microsoft twitch platform our competitors a good way what mixer yeah um (laughs) <laughs> that was when they paid like an ungodly amount of money to Ninja. I mean, like an ungodly amount of money.
2: Yeah, if I remember right, it was uh, eight figures. Ooh, good. So for Ninja. anyway, yeah, good for Ninja.
1: Uh, he he got his bag. That's all that matters. Um, Hopefully, uh, I like this his- idea, and I'll definitely be. Dealing. Oh, you got a joke? Go ahead. Throw I did. Conference. No,
2: no, no. It's, it's over now. It's over now. <laughs> it's no, gone. It's now. Yeah, it's gone. It passed in the wind, just like the sandwich his wife brought him after he uh, killed a bunch of people in Fortnite. Is that like a moment I can watch? Yeah, you don't. He he made a just a ridiculous tweet. I'll find it. I've never watched. I've never watched
1: Ninja do anything. Either. I don't.
2: Wa- I don't understand people uh, who watch that shit. So. I don't get it.
1: He seems like a nice enough dude. I just don't
2: get why I would want to spend my day watching him. I guess that's what I don't understand. Here was his tweet. I am in the middle of carrying a League of Legends game, about to close it out, and my brawless wife brings me a sandwich, in parentheses, not asked for, with chips as I get a double kill bot lane. So how's your day going? (laughs) I don't know what any of those words mean,
1: but... That, I mean, me either, but at the same time, sounds like the guys got it made. I mean, I'd I love my wife listen. to bring me a, a sandwich topless. That sounds like a good time. I don't care yeah. what I'm doing. You <laughs> ain't wrong. My, I would have the same energy if all that happened was my wife brought me a sandwich topless. I, didn't, I don't have to be like carrying a game of league. I'm fine.
3: <laughs> oh,
1: shit. Take it back from there. My wife brought me a bowl of spaghetti. I'm having a good time. I didn't even have to do anything. There you that's, go. that's nice shit.
2: Look at you! you Shout out to of my spaghetti wife and some cheese.
1: Shout I did, and she wife. knows, dude. I drown my spaghetti and Parmesan. It's. I, I noticed I was watching you eat it. <laughs> I was actually. I thought it was interesting because I know you've never watched me eat spaghetti. Because I mean why would you? But you don't live anywhere around here. <laughs> but I was like, neither of them have mentioned the amount of times that I have poured a, a copious amount of cheese. <laughs> into the hey, spaghetti, I, I
2: don't mix it up. I don't food shame. Food. If you want to eat cheap pasta with your cheese, that's fine. <laughs> Honestly, it's why I do it. I don't do that much cheese at like
1: a, a nice restaurant. So pasta is a <laughs> vessel
2: for cheese for you.
1: Cheese and ketchup are probably my primary diet, you know? Really, and then the other the other
2: food is just whatever the vehicle to get those things into my body are. I I I always put ketchup on my plate, but I don't ever eat it. I don't know why.
1: Dude, when I eat chicken tenders, you should see the amount of ketchup I use it is insane. You gotta use
0: barbecue sauce for that. Uh, that's that's a hard disagree. Or buffalo. See, I Anything don't like ketchup. barbecue sauce. I'm not a barbecue sauce guy.
1: Yeah, you should see the amount of ketchup I use. It's 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 mean, like, some genuinely
2: insane. I use probably like a quarter of a bottle. That's unhealthy and disgusting.
1: <laughs> I love ketchup, I, man. I will have I, I will throw I, hands with it now, of course, I'm talking about like four or five big chicken strips, but point
2: being, I use a lot of ketchup. I kind of feel like after what you said, if I was Saul, I would quit the show. I mean, <laughs> I can make it worse.
1: <laughs> I don't even want to know how. As Saul, said, can so. attest, as Saul can attest, we had a big cookout. And I don't buy mustard or mayonnaise because I don't use them in the house at all. So we had burgers and hot dogs and brisket and all these different things. And if it wouldn't have been for work giving us some of that barbecue sauce, that is admittedly good barbecue sauce. Really good we barbecue wouldn't have sauce. even had barbecue sauce for the brisket because I don't buy those things because I don't typically eat them.
2: If you're having a barbecue, how did you not prepare the condiments?
1: I'm not going to buy an entire bottle of mayonnaise or entire, you know, what I mean, a, a jar of mayonnaise or a bottle of mustard that I will not eat after that day. Okay, I just borrowed my mom's. See, she, since she's in the house I'm working on next door, I literally walked next door, stole her mayonnaise and her ketchup, or her mustard, and brought them to the house and said, "You guys use this." That's
2: fine. I'm just saying you have to have the essentials for a barbecue.
1: Like I didn't like I didn't like misery my friends and like tell them that like no, you will eat that hot dog the way that art demand it. BYOM, I like bring your own right mayo. <laughs> I actually should start saying that. Hey guys, we're gonna cook out this weekend. It's BY it's BYOM. That could be mustard or mayonnaise,
2: whichever yeah. you're into. Nice. I like that. Fair enough. So As long as you I, had it. It ended up being available for people to use. There you go. Just so not fine. from my dime, because that would just be like me as a chef in a building being like, "Listen, I don't fuck with ketchup, so nobody gets ketchup." I'm I just not. Guarantee
1: you, <laughs> I guarantee you, there's a high end enough restaurant that the chef says. <laughs> I don't deal with whatever this ingredient is. So if you like cilantro, maybe, you're not going to have cilantro in any dish here because cilantro is peasantry. I guarantee you it exists.
2: It is. I'm sure it exists. I would bet they don't do
1: very well. (laughs) They probably do really well because the rich people are like, "Mm, it's so exclusive. Mm." Oh, it doesn't
2: taste like soap. Delicious.
1: (laughs) (laughs) If you've got the soap cilantro gene, you just got weak genes. I yeah, got that gene. I'm not necessarily hating on I you, think I got that you, gene. You got, we, you got weak genetics, bro. You
2: think you have the cilantro? I feel, I feel for you. Because, yeah, he
1: does. I love Oof. cilantro. Anything with cilantro is inherently made better. Just See, mine's a
0: little too. weak. If I taste it in salt, I can taste it in salsa sometimes. If they add too much cilantro in it. But I feel like I don't taste it right off the bat. And salt Like I've never heard out. you
1: mention it at Chipotle and they have it in their... In all of their rice.
0: I don't eat the rice. That's the reason I don't eat the rice. See, the you're saying the rice. that
2: the taste needs time That's to lather up? Yes. That's a pretty good one. Thanks. I wasn't sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: anyway, I will definitely be using PlayStation Stars when it inevitably launches. It is, of course, not out yet. Um, this is one of those things where if I were Sony, I think I would have waited to announce this when it was time to, anna- to, to release it. I think I would have just held this card to my chest and been like, starting today, PlayStation Stars, you can get platinums, you can do this, you'll get points, you can use those points on credits, digital collectibles, all that. I would have said that when it was ready.
2: I would have at least had some kind of like pre-registration ready to go. It's weird that they announced this and they're like, yeah, check back later, dog. I don't know when, but... It's a weird mentality that I don't see how they've ended up on. But a lot of companies in this thing
1: are like, we're going to announce <laughs> something way well before it's ready just so you can – it's it's the classic Japanese. Please be excited. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Ridge, <laughs> like, yeah, sure. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's not like it's an issue. Like, I understand that you can give information. It's just – I don't know. It kind of felt like it's – you're trying to make news happen where there's not really anything newsworthy. The newsworthy, I guess, is that it's happening, but you can't compare it to anything because it's not out. Uh, That's true. I think I would have done the same thing with PS Plus. I would have not talked about PS Plus at all. And then I've been like, starting today, PS Plus is three tiers. This is how it converts. These are the games that are available. I just think that a flash in the pan style announcement like that, where it's just like, bam, here we are is a way more fun announcement. But I'm sure there's some kind of metrics and data that support that that's not the best way to go about doing it from a monetary or profiteering standpoint. But who knows? Uh, Saul, what are your thoughts on this? You gonna, You think you're going to use it? I know a lot of people in our community that also operate on Xbox use the uh, Microsoft rewards in order to pay for things like Game Pass. So you think that'll be something up your alley?
0: I'm not a big fan of homemade ketchup. Uh, sure, probably. (laughs) Hey, me either.
1: Homemade ketchup is not good. Or at least none of the ones I've had. Chris, next time you come down here or I come up there, whichever happens first. Yeah. I guess you're going to have to make me ketchup because you're going to have to prove to me that homemade ketchup can be better than Heinz. And the problem here is
2: that Heinz is basically the perfect ketchup. Uh, I think I can handle that. I think I I, can make some ketchup. I'm willing to give you the opportunity. You know, what? I'll make some ketchup and I'll just send it to you. Do it. Send you a jar. I will
1: gladly. I will gladly do that. I will glad. I- I'll eat it. I'll put it on a burger. I'll put it on all the things I put ketchup on, and let you know how it compares.
2: Perfect. I'm going to do
1: it. I- I'll do a blind taste test. I'll get my wife <laughs> to give them to me and see if I can tell the difference or not.
2: Okay. You're like, oh, I'll it, then I'll do it to Saul. Good. Yeah, <laughs> what? he's gonna yeah. hate it so much he leaves the show.
0: <laughs> just gonna walk on out. No, two weeks I mean notice. goodbye. I'll just that's, quit. that's
1: a risk we have to take.
0: <laughs> Fair enough,
1: uh, Chris. This seems right up your alley because Saul. I think this is the same thing, basically. I, I don't think that I'll go out of my way necessarily to do extra things that I wouldn't normally do to get points, most likely. Yeah. like I see some people do like, well, instead of using Google, I use Bing every now and then so I can get Microsoft rewards. Fuck Bing. I'm not going to use Bing for some more reward points. not going to happen. But if I'm going to get points for platinum in games, which I already do, I'm down. That's just an extra, extra incentive to do something I'm already... I already like to do. It may get me to platinum a game I may not have otherwise platinumed, but it's still in the purview of something I would do. So, Chris, where are you at on this? Is this kind of up your alley? You think you're going to go that extra mile to get the extra
2: points? Uh, maybe. I don't know. I, I'm i kind of at the point where I've realized like as much as I like platinums, and they definitely are important to me, I don't tend to finish games I don't want to. So... What's the like last plot you got? Unpacking the show. Unpacking. Unpacking. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So yeah, I don't know. It's just not something like, as much as I pretend like I go for every game I want. I I I play. I don't like with God of War. I'm like I don't want to get these ravens, and I just never did it. You know. Yeah. But then you have examples like Cyberpunk where I spent an extra sixty hours with the game because the game itself broke. <laughs> so.
1: I don't know if that's a a testament to your hyper-focused need to get the platinum or a testament to the game's ability to be fun enough
2: to play again for you to do that. I'm going to go with uh, option B on that one there, uh, Regis. Okay.
1: All right. Gotcha. That's interesting. Well, I think that leads us uh to the last uh little section of the show and i guess this will kind of be a mixture cuz i think this is a fun one to do um ryan and i were talking on uh twitter and he was talking about how he feels like there are some games that are coming that he's just not that excited for and we were talking about like what's the next big game so uh i mentioned something he was talking about what am i what am i excited for and God of War is like my next for sure play at day one. I guess The Last of Us remake is probably that, but it's a known quantity, so it's not as exciting. It's not the same level as like a God of War, or Ragnarok, where it's something new. And he asked me, like, so that's your next anticipated game? And I said, the highly anticipated game, yeah, likely to be my uh, to be the next one that I make sure I make time for. And I, you know, I'm interested in Stray and I think Stray looks really good, but it's not like I have to have. There's things like Greedfall 2 and Crisis Core Remastered and Final Fantasy 16 that are kind of far out in the purview. And those are like the games that I'm like, when those come, when that time comes, I will make time. That's an exciting moment. It's not a game that may fly by that I feel like I have to go back to later and catch after. The uh, initial blast of it coming out so I guess what I want to ask you guys is it's a quick and easy question it'll be a quick and easy community's take as well what are your next three games that you know you're without a doubt excited for to play game day one and Saul kind of already answered that so we know it's the last of us and then God of War so what would be your third one if you had to kind of go off of what you know right now Pokemon Scarlet okay yeah good answer good answer What? Go Chris, you seemed like you were going to go cuz oh, so I figured you were just going to take the take the lease. No,
2: because I I already had like 5 games and then he reminded me of another game. I'm like <laughs> how am I supposed to cut this to 3? <laughs> Fair enough. Um, you can give all
1: 5. I just wanted to do 3 as like a minimum cuz I think it's uh Everyone's mileage is going to vary to some degree here because it's like how many? What does it mean for to be super hyped for a game like that? You're going to play at day one. And Chris, don't take this the wrong way, but you're so ADHD that you play. You'll play all five of these games and then beat
2: one of them. No, hundred percent, absolutely. I may not even start <laughs> so, four of them, <laughs> but you're going to be excited about them. You'll buy them. A hundred percent.
1: Whether or not you play them is up in there.
2: Yeah, it's uh, Hogwarts, Pokemon, Callisto, Resident Evil, Dead Space.
1: Okay, that's actually a pretty good list. Like most immediate future for me, I would say God of War for yeah. for dang sure. Um, excuse me. God of War is probably the next actual I'm for sure. But The Last of Us Remastered just kind of floats around. like It's something I'm interested in. But yeah, I'm gonna I think it's going to be God but... of War... Uh, Callisto Protocol, and this isn't necessarily in order. Callisto Protocol looks so good. It's incredible stuff. So good. Uh Hogwarts is definitely there, but in, even though I'm not trying to have these be like in chronological order, isn't Hogwarts is it still late this year?
2: Uh it's unannounced. But it's supposed to be
1: this year. Yeah. But it's supposed to be this year. If it hits mm-hmm. this year, I would say that's number three. If it ends up sliding into next year, then I would say the next game that we have a better ish grasp on uh, that's coming is uh weirdly enough, Pokemon Scarlet as well. Well, i say that. Saul, which one is Scarlet's the one that has the more normal dragon and violet's the one that has like the jetpack dragon, right? Yeah. I love so yes. that sounds right. Yeah. Okay, so Scarlet's the one I'm excited for as well. But it's like a – it's a, it's very tied to whether or not it borrows enough of the elements from Arceus because it went from a game that I was not really excited for at all to playing Arceus and loving it, Arceus, whatever it's called. Um, now it's entirely hinged on what they show next. But I am excited in a kind of giddy way that I was excited to see Sword and then Sword and Shield was just kind of like, that's it? And then the game came out and I was still kind of like, that's it. And I don't mean to hate. I know Saul that you love sword. You said it's one of your favorite Pokemon games, right?
0: It's in my top five. I go between top five and top three a lot with it. Legends yeah. of Arceus might be well, switching that up?
1: Yeah. Well, Legends of RC has really moved up. I mean, it's probably Oros X and Y and then Legends Arceus. That's probably my three favorite right now. Um, my top three. I was surprised at how much I liked X and Y. It's such a good series, such a good era coming into. But uh yeah, it's it's entirely hinged around that. But that's there. And if not, then uh if 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 it ends up being a game that I'm still gonna buy it day one and make time for it. But if it ends up not scratching that itch, then at least I've got Dead Space Remake. Which is kinda weird, Chris, because you brought up Dead Space Remake as well. I'm a little worried that the Callisto Protocol is going to somehow make Dead Space One not as lustrous. Like you're going to play it and it's going to be like, I don't even need to play Dead Space One remake. But it's hard to think that way because, like, I know that I love Dead Space One and I know it's a great game. But what if you play the Callisto Protocol and it's just like, bro, this is what Dead Space could have been all along if EA just didn't fuck with them? Like, have you have you thought about that or do you think it's just going to be like double dipping for you? Like, hell yeah, the Callisto and Dead Space.
2: It'll definitely be double-dipping, but I think... Um, I've heard other people say this, too. This isn't an original thought, but they are definitely really made sure to release Callisto before Dead Space came out. Before so, Dead Space.
1: I thought, yeah. yeah.
2: <clears throat> I noticed that, too, whenever
1: it said it was hitting this year. I was like, that's probably a good thing because you run the lit risk of fatigue, and one's a known product and one's not. Right. But if you can make the Callisto look really good, and if you can make people want to get it because it scratches a Dead Space itch before Dead Space remake can then you run the risk of making Dead Space Remake look a little redundant. I'm still
2: highly positive the Dead Space Remake is going to do crazy numbers. Yeah, it is. I mean, I don't trust EA Motive for as far as I can throw the studio, so whatever, but well, I'm still going to play it. Because
1: what if they made that? <laughs> Battlefront you know I mean? 2. <laughs> they made and the campaign, I which was awful. And I don't... <laughs> the, you know the weird thing about studios... Is that, as much as i 'm okay with the idea of seeing what Blue Point would do with an original title, making an original title versus enhancing a title that already exists and has a framework and a story and characters are two very different things. I think that there's a high chance that Blue Point suck at making original titles. I hope not, uh-huh. but there 's a good chance because it 's a different skill set. I don't. It's a lot different to look at a game and rebuild it from the ground up, but keeping its core. So while EA Motive may have not done great with whatever games they've developed, this could be their moment to shine, and this could be where EA determines that they're just a remake studio from here on out.
2: Yeah, I mean, especially with... with... Um, Bluepoint. I'm excited for Bloodborne 2, but I have maintained that like I don't <laughs> understand why you would buy a studio known for remakes and then, and then move them not have them remake games. Yeah, I'm kind of of the
1: point where I want Bluepoint to do whatever it is they want to do. So if as sure. a studio they want to make an original title, maybe the best way to do it is to give them enough people to make two games and make a remake and a new title. So that you get the best of both worlds. It just
2: seems to me so like you're laughing. Beca-
0: what's, what's so funny? It's just <laughs> I'll post it in Discord. It,
2: um, <laughs> Go ahead, Chris. The whole thing seems to me like if I became like a Michelin star chef, and then I was like, "This is awesome." I'm going to get a job at the bank. Like I, I don't understand <laughs> like w- why you would become the best at something and then be like, "Yeah, I'm just going to do something completely different." Happy for them, but at the same time, it's like you guys are the greatest uh, remake studio in the industry, probably. And now you're shifting away from that. Fine, do what, do whatever makes you happy. But yeah,
1: I think my current opinion, and that's why I think if if EA Motive can actually knock this out, I think every big publisher, clearly, this is the case at uh, Rockstar and Take Two. Every big publisher needs one studio that is dedicated and good at making remakes to a high quality level. If we're at a point in the gaming industry where people are wanting remakes of games, every studio should have a team that can be dedicated to that so that you get a quality product. I think if Microsoft, sorry, not Microsoft, if Take-Two or Rock, Rockstar at this case had that with the Grand Theft Auto trilogy and they had a studio that was actually talented and given the budget to make this, that game would have turned out a lot different than what it came out as. And not saying that what it came out as the worst, but it is not what anybody expected from a quality standpoint from those games. That's just... Even people who like the the trilogy that released and have played it, I think would agree that they expected a higher quality than what was given. I would agree. So, I think at that point, kind of like what you talked about, Sony is brushed up against so many of them, but blue point's clearly the cream of the crop but the the irony is that that other ocean studio that remade medieval did a great job. They just remade a game with no changes that's really old and is doesn't do well in modern context uh but part of me hopes that they actually hire the studio to do other remakes if that's within their purview because they did a good job, but if we could get. EA having a dedicated team, then you can see other EA classics brought back uh, definitely from studios that they have tight connections with. Why not have uh, Bioware remake, which you don't need to at this point, but before it was announced from Aspire, um, why not have a studio and be like, Hey, we're going to have the original classic uh, Bioware um, Knights of the Old Republic remade from EA because we we can make Star Wars games and we're just going to choose to make that game again. I think that could have been cool. And it's a good way for studios to do that. Like Activision had that with, um, I'm spazzing out on the name right now, uh, Vicarious Visions. And then they ha- they managed to get it again for most people's opinions with Toys for Bob and then they lost it. So it's kind of where I'm at. Uh, Saul, do I mean, are you into the whole remake thing? I know that you've played some of them, but it's weird because I am kind of of the opinion that I don't want just remakes across the board of Hollywood movies, but I'm all for remakes of games. What are your thoughts on kind of the difference between that? Like, do you like remakes for games versus movies? Or are you kind of into both of them?
0: Uh, I'm kind of only into games. I don't really care for Hollywood remakes. As a matter of fact, off the top of my head, I can't think of one that I prefer better than the original. Fair. For movies.
1: I don't think i can either I've, there's ones that are better than other ones like yeah i don't know if you ever watched it but the the colin uh, farrell uh total recall remake no i never watched it was that.
0: solid i didn't hate it uh, i, yeah, I want to watch good that enough movie i don't want to watch robocop robocop was remade in 2013 oh i forgot they remade robocop i have a feeling it's not great Ooh. we'll find out though a lot of people think robocop yeah, anyway. like robocop is a, like a is is meant to be kind of like a not satirical movie, but like a, it's not a serious movie in a way. I mean, it has serious themes. I, but it is. I agree
1: with you. It's meant to be like a kind of surreal, somewhat comedic
0: movie to a degree. Yes. Yeah, it's supposed to be like a parody, but it's 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 a a, a deep parody
1: yeah and that's what i'm a little worried i have a feeling that if they remade it sony for some reason was probably like you know what people would love a completely serious
0: robocop actually robocop the original robocop kind of reminds me of the boys i can kind of see With that. the way it tries to draw over the top yeah over the top like yeah pa- uh pa- is parodic a word
1: i don't know what i mean par- i know what you're trying to say like Something that parodies. I don't know what the word for that would be. Parodical is the word.
2: Satirical.
1: That too. Yeah, satirical. Well, satire definitely fits into the
2: purview of of what parody is. It's more a real word than periodical, which is actually a real (laughs) word, but means something completely different. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I get what you're saying. It's it's
1: acting in such a way that it's looking at something that is highly known at the time and choosing to show it in a a very odd way that's done so as parody. Because I mean, my favorite part of watching the boys is just watching all the ways in which they kind of compare Vought to Disney, not so subtly. And then the bigger irony that they're doing that at a, because of course the low hanging fruit of marvel being owned by disney and disney being the kind of company that would be kind of like Vought, whatever it takes to make sure they're getting a profit but th- my favorite part of the boys doing that is that deep down i have a feeling they're aware that while they're making fun of disney that show is being produced and distributed by amazon <laughs> 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 one, one of the absolute biggest companies in america
2: um they're um so I, their cold open for hero gasm is still the f- funniest thing they've done in that show. So good. Yeah. <laughs> so good. There's so many parts. I even love the way
1: that they do descriptions for those episodes, where it's like, uh, every description is like, we invite you to a blah, blah, blah. It's like, it's, it's all, it's exactly what you'd expect. It's like the outward projection of how they choose yeah. to market the episodes. And to show them a description. Sounds like a PR spin from Vought.
2: and it's great. Yeah. Have you? Um, my favorite part about their social media presence. Have you looked at their like their Twitter accounts for like Vought and all that stuff? Oh, I haven't. I didn't know they had if, them. But, I mean, I'm not go surprised. Look, it fits go in look. Go look, and then read the responses to the tweet. It's great because people act like they're in that world, and it's awesome. They had one thing where it was like people were talking about a certain death and people were like oh we never saw a body like where was the funeral like all this kind of stuff it was it was really cool to see like people like cosplaying as in they're in the world of the boys
1: oh my god it's always darkest before the dawn like it's just totally acting oh this is funny i love this this is good This is that kind of you know Saul we were talking about how every now and then entertainment gets into this thing where it kind of <laughs> wants to do ARG. This is this is this like, is like it. Yeah, it's like we're going to make a product and then we're going <clears> to <throat> add to the project product by having something you can experience in the real world that acts as though everything in the fake world is happening. I love
0: that. That's cool. Um so in this in this p- picture, it's the ending of um season three of the boys so i won't spoil that but it is definitely a picture of like the the literal like final like few minutes of the show uh that involves a crowd and then um someone says "Well, i can't i can't i guess i can't say this all spoiling it's just it's great it's great someone someone said something they said bs that's cgi like as if (laughs) they're in the world (laughs) Yeah, and then they it, said who is so awesome. and so's mother, and it's, and then somebody said I bet it's Starlight hashtag drama. <laughs> <laughs> I love this so much. Yeah, this is
2: good. Their descriptions wow. are good too. It's like the one for episode two, Homelander, America's <laughs> greatest superhero. Defending our shores from sea to signing sea. Today, America honors him on his birthday, and the Vought Shopping Network is celebrating by offering the exclusive Homelander limited birthday edition gold coin for only ninety nine ninety five plus tax and shipping <laughs> while supplies last. Brother, this Vaught, is my favorite. Vought commemorative gold coins, an investment that lasts a lifetime. This is Incredible. my favorite. Yeah,
1: I loved reading those. Okay, hold on. I'm, I'm. I have to edit that out. <laughs> I was gonna say you absolutely have to edit
0: that out. No, I have to edit that out. You?
2: Oh no! So, are I, you I, joking? You spoke that,
0: that whole finale right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're right. I guess I got cut up in how hilarious this is. It is. I hilarious. mean, it is.
1: Right. Look, I'll bleep it out, and then we'll talk about the fact that this show is so perfect at being. I know that we've got to this conversation randomly. I don't even care at this point. This show is so good at being social commentary in the way that I love about South Park. But South Park does it in a way that is clearly so stupid that there's like not even an ounce of realism to it. And this show chooses to do it in a way that's super on the nose, but it feels like it could. You, I feel like I could see this from a company. This exact kind of statement feels like something you'd expect to see from the pr of a company so that's really funny i love it i can i can feel you there oh man vada oh man I, I, <laughs> that's good considering that we come from the home of Whataburger. <laughs> you know what chris yeah hi. Let, let's let, let's recount everything because this weekend when we were going of course, we stop at the Bucky's, right? And mm-hmm. Bucky's is like this weird Texas phenomena that's starting to grow outside of Texas. There's one in Georgia now. I think there's one in Florida, uh, as of 2020, 2021, One of those. Um, so there's that, and it was crazy busy. And I'll talk about like how these things get brought up. You went to Whataburger while you were here, and I'm sure you've heard online all about Whataburger beforehand. That's why you said you wanted to stop and eat it. Correct. Did it really deliver in any way no. that you felt like was it exactly. It, <laughs> exactly? It absolutely doesn't. And I like what a burger. It's not it was, that yeah. much, but it was fine. It's, it's it's fine. People are like, "Oh my god, in and out." And I'm like, "Bro, I've had in and out." If anything, in and out is not as good as what a burger from what I've had, but you know what is better? How fast they get you the burger. I'd rather have my burger, eat it and have good service and be done within the 15 minutes that I'm there than have to go to a burger order in the drive-thru stand like sit in the drive-thru for 30 minutes with your window down three people behind you in the line are smoking weed and the like the smoke is just blowing through your car and you're like one of these days i want to get a burger that tastes somewhat homemade Fuck. it's not worth the 45 minute wait that no, i it- normally like we got lucky that when we went to dallas's
0: yeah i think they gave it to us in
1: like eight minutes ten, ten, is, ten. yeah maybe 10 which
0: is not bad you started off this sentence and with what was better, and you never told us what was better.
1: Oh, so what do you mean? What's the better difference between Whataburger? Between Whataburger and, and what? I don't know. I can you, tell I you that I, I mean, would have uh, rather clearly I'm at Wendy's something.
2: again. Like,
0: when, I, I think Wendy's is a better burger <laughs> than Whataburger is. I swear the way you started that I conversation agree. was you were like, "There's this place is better. I'd rather go here, but you never said what here was. Maybe I'm I get, wrong.
1: Okay, my, my my overarching point for the whole thing, because I clearly did lose a little bit of the thing, but the overarching point was it stemmed from Bucky's. And even though I stopped at Bucky's, because I know Chris doesn't have one, and they have those pretty good uh, pretzels, right? They're good. Yeah, I
2: love them. I like them. Big fan.
1: I would not be upset if I drove to Dallas without. St- I, actually, I drove to Dallas a week and a half ago for work and I didn't stop at Bucky's and I didn't buy any and I was fine. And then you have this other group of people who I know who are like, every time we go to Dallas or anywhere with the Bucky's, we have to stop at the Bucky's and bare minimum spend $120. And I'm like, why? Why? <laughs> why? What it's is a- this? What is it? Like, well, we have to get shirts and knickknacks. Why? It's a gas station, it has gas station quality food. Higher maybe, but it's not – I'm not going to go and eat a Bucky's pulled pork sandwich and be like, that was better than a local restaurant that I can get
2: anytime because it's not. See, but it's all about price point, okay? So, like, I have – I don't know if you guys have, but we have Cumberland Farms here. And Cumberland Farms does – so I can go in there before work and get two pieces of pizza and two monsters, which is like my normal lunch. For $8. Mm -hmm. That is an unbeatable deal. Did you just tell me that your normal lunch is two pieces of pizza and two monsters? No judge. Well, no. I have one monster and then I have another monster for the rest of the day. But I have two monsters every day of my life. I'm a a chef, bro. That's like... (laughs) Chris, your heart is going to give out. (laughs) See, do you drink coffee? No, I don't well then fuck you but if people who drink coffee and talk shit on energy drinks like my mom does this she's like oh i hate that you drink those i'm like dog i've seen you down six cups of coffee today leave me the fuck alone
1: yeah the only difference potentially is always dependent on how people drink their coffee though right like my grandpa used to talk about stuff like that like when i used to drink monsters when i was really young uh like 15 16 when I drink them a, a decent mm-hmm. bit and he'd be like those are ridiculous but that man drank straight black coffee and that's right. just caffeine there you know how much crap is in monster that's not the caffeine that's probably still terrible for you he probably had a leg to stand on but when you have these people drinking like a double calf mocha frappe blah, it's like you know how much shit is in your coffee at the same point, and you're spending just as much money? Like, you know, my grandpa was making crappy black Folgers coffee. He
2: could say whatever shit he wanted to about anybody. My point is still that $8 for lunch is an unbeatable deal.
0: <clears throat> two pieces of banging pizza, two monsters, $8. I'll tell you who has Great some banging lunch. pizza around here that I used to hate. And I don't know if they flipped their game around or if I just went with a group of people who got the worst pizza on the menu, but Gusano's.
1: See, I, I've yet to have Gusano's blow me away. I've had –
0: their, their,
1: their, sh- their deep dish was not good. I, that's what I, I had I've the first it time. Times, I had their deep I don't dish, like it.
0: And it was awful. Deep dish but is not pizza. I went – it's not. I had. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I agree. went with Annie on Saturday, and we got a traditional crust, pepperoni, and Canadian bacon, and it was pretty good.
1: Yeah. Yeah, a lot better a lot better than deep dish.
2: Yes. Deep dish pizza is just soup in a bread bowl. That's all I deep agree. dish I agree. Speaking
0: is. of soup in a bread and bowl. And
1: here's the problem though. That's what they're known for. They're they're known for being the only place we have in town that makes that style of pizza. So you go there and there's like a external pressure to try the thing <coughs> that you can't get elsewhere, but it turns out that, that thing is nasty. They have a pizza <laughs> it's not dip. Not
0: worth the time or money. It's like if you took a piece of pizza and you took a knife and you raked off the cheese and the toppings into a bowl and then you added a little bit of cream cheese to it. And it's a pizza dip and it was delicious. Mm. I gotta go go pee real quick.
1: Next time you go, get the pizza dia. Yeah,
0: it's uh, I I did. It's just a it's just a but it's good. Uh,
1: Basically, it's more like a quesadilla that's just yeah, pepperoni and fluffy or whatever as as buttered uh, into a thing. Yeah, so but it was good. Right back. Go ahead, do your thing. Uh, But yeah, Chris, I'm glad that you said that because people talk about that. I know how this all comes together now. We were in the car on the way to Dallas, and we were—I was already talking about how Bucky's is overrated. Like, I'm not saying it's not good, and also you talk about price point, right? Those pretzels are four ninety nine a bag, five forty nine, something like that, a bag. That's way too much money. They're good, and I have the disposable income, but that's expensive. Mm-hmm. But one of the guys who used to live down here moved up to somewhere in Kansas, and he drove two and a half hours one way to get Whataburger because he doesn't have it in his town that he lives in and he, he used to have it when he was here and he's like when people say it's Whataburger that good I show him this and it was his thing on Google Maps showing that he drove two and a half hours to the closest city with one to get food and then two and a half hours back there is no way I'm driving there is not a single restaurant I've ever eaten at that is worth five hours back to back just to go there. Like if I'm already going somewhere and I and there's a cheesecake factory, I'm like, bomb, I love Cheesecake Factory. We don't have one around here. I get to eat Cheesecake Factory while I'm already there. I'm not driving five hours for Cheesecake Factory.
2: You could catch me driving two hours to go to like Frank Pepe's pizza down here in New Haven. Bye. But you could catch me doing that one time a year.
1: I could see that. I could yeah. I could see it being like, hey, it's a real crazy thing, and we make a trip of it. Because like, Saul and I do... Uh, well, Saul and I and all of our friends, and if you were down here, I guess you'd have fun doing it too, because it is a good time. We'll do no Yu-Gi-Oh friends. card runs. Yeah. yeah we, we did that. <laughs> you kind of. But you didn't do the same one. We did no. go to Ashdown, though. We did we do did. the Ashdown. But normally, we choose like a random day, and it's been a while since we've done it, but we did it multiple times. Choose a random day go out, hop in the car, all of us, start at one of the out-of-town Walmarts, go to another out-of-town Walmart. These are all small towns, so they have a lot more Yu-Gi-Oh! cards because less people in those areas play them, so their stock doesn't go out. And so sometimes they'll have old cards. And we'll go and have like a two-hour round trip going to all these out-of-town things, and then we'll come back into town and eat lunch. And that's a whole day. But that's because it's like an event. So I guess if you're doing that, if you're like going to Whataburger is going to be an event, then maybe, but I don't know. It definitely if you're doing it by yourself, that's just lonely. That's sad. If it's like you and four friends are like, you're going to make an event out of going and eating Whataburger because we haven't had it in four months. Maybe. Maybe. But Whataburger is not special enough. I'd go to a real restaurant at that point.
2: Right. Like, I'm not doing that. Like, there's, there's this gas station that's near my old therapist's house that has an incredible cheeseburger. I don't know how to
0: explain it because, like, it's not good. It's a Sonic cheeseburger.
2: I think I know how to explain
1: it.
0: No, it I it love is Sonic only... cheeseburgers, but for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> yeah, I haven't had
2: Sonic in a long time, but no, it's not, it's just dry bread, cheese, meat, and salt and pepper, and it is awesome i love that burger and every once in a while i drive the 15 minutes over there and the whole time it feels pathetic (laughs) 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 so i could not imagine driving two hours to get you know bucky's 15 minutes 30
1: look a 30 minute round trip i can understand i can understand that oh yeah like saul said i would never be the person that did this but i grew up quite poor uh, thankfully I'm not in that position now, but whenever I grew up my entire time throughout school, I got free lunch. And I Ooh. remember they used to make that big deal about how like all lunch should either be all lunch should be free so that nobody can bully you for getting free lunch. And I guess I got real lucky cause I never once got bullied for the fact that I got free lunch and everyone knew I got free lunch. But point being at some point in like the third grade, they decided that, one of the most common lunches that you were supposed to have were soybean burgers. I don't know if this happened up in your area or not. They were soybean patty burgers. Uh, They were made to try and look and feel exactly like a hamburger, but they were supposed to be healthier. And it got to a point where I hated the... Will I or want I like the other line? Because we always had a two lun- two lunch lines. Like we had the burger line where it was a burger every single day, and you knew what you were getting, or you had the other line that every day it would change. And I just got <laughs> to the point where I would rather go into school knowing what I was getting, and I'd get those burgers, and I oddly like them. That's why I like this, even though burgers. they're horrible. Mm-hmm. They were terrible burgers, but you find ways. Like I would stack the French fries on them. <laughs> I've been doing yeah, that since good. third grade because of how nasty those burgers were. So I would take the French fries, stack them <laughs> on top of it, and put ketchup on it. And that's how I – and I do that with every burger now, even good burgers. I'm just like, yeah, this is what we do. This is how it works. But I have a weird fondness for that burger just like Saul has a fondness for these pretty trash Sonic burgers, if I'm being honest. They
0: are. But they, <laughs> they they taste just like high school burgers, and they're just really plain. They're just really – This just do all you think is. Do you think they're soybean? Probably not. the The burgers <laughs> at, at high school were these just taste. I don't know similar. if they
1: were full soybean or partial, but they were definitely
2: not great. But that's my nice. school lunch was two tacos, and it was like chocolate milk, which is actually gross in hindsight. But did your school have the thing that ours did, where
1: all of the milk was like right at or slightly past expired? Probably. Yeah, I don't remember every day you'd look at it, it and you'd be like, mm, it's, it, it, we're going to shake this up and see if this is still good. And you'd sit down, you'd open up and you'd drink and be like, that's a
2: little sour. You can feel <laughs> the chunks as you shake it. Yeah, I don't recall ever having sour milk. I used to think that our school system got their milk like wholesale from a place
1: that it was about to go out, so they just sent it to the school and like go ahead. Because <laughs> Otherwise, I don't see how our milk was always at the end. Like there was never a time that we got a milk, and I was like, oh, this is like seven days until expired. It was always the day of, the day before, or the day after. All the milk existed within a three-day window of expiration. Like you know, really a three-day total. Um terrible. Did you ever have In elementary, or at any point in time, did you ever have bag milk?
2: No, I've never had bag milk in my life. It's delicious. Did they
1: have bag milk? Yes. When okay, I thought it was a pouch.
2: It was foremost
1: pouch milk, and you had to take the pouch, hold it still. You had to take your straw and hold the top and shove your straw into the bag, and that's how you uh, that's how you got your milk. And then whenever you're done, you could blow it up and act like it was a a tank.
2: All sorts of stuff. It's fun. You just had milk, but it was a Capri Sun.
1: But no, it's even worse because... Saul, did you put a picture?
0: No, that's something unrelated that we'll talk about later.
1: Hold on. Foremost bagged milk. I want to see if I can find it. A milk. I'm going to call it milk pouch because that's basically what it was. (laughs) It was Foremost. It was like... It was... uh, Best way I can describe it to you, Chris, is have you ever played a game, and maybe you haven't? Have you ever played a game called uh, Cornhole? Yeah, of course. Okay. You know how the bean bags are like. Okay. You know how the bean bags are. (laughs) I I don't know what that means, but okay. You know how the bean bags are like little rectangles or like little squares that have like a pouch, like a a pouch shape kind of? Yeah. Look, just look at this picture. I just posted it in there.
2: Yeah, it looks like a milk Capri Sun. It even has the same straw. It does have the same
1: straw, but it's not shaped like a Capri Sun that I've ever had. Those Capri Suns stand upright.
2: Yeah, Capri Sun. I just meant that it was a pouch that you stick a straw into. I didn't mean it was literally a Capri Sun.
1: I guess the difference here is like Capri Sun has an obvious spot where you're supposed to stick the straw in. This was completely like you you could and it's standing up. This is a bag that's laying down
0: that just rolls around your tray and
1: you're just supposed to to you know how many times I've watched kids shove the straw in go all the way through and then end up with the bottom of their tray being covered in chocolate milk because it would just leak through
0: this is the original
1: chocolate classic, starfish. <laughs> yes, the hot dog flavored water too. Gross. Ugh. Ugh. Man, school lunch horrors. I remember I used to be so envious. This is this goes to show you where being poor can lead to you having enough charisma and like being nice <laughs> to what people want to be help a you. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I used to have c lunch which at our high school there was a b and c lunch there were three lunches because i guess our school was big enough to have that and during c lunch there was a pizza line uh during all the lunches where they would sell papa john's pizza Ooh, and lucky. you could buy a, a piece for a dollar each or you could buy the whole <clears throat> was it two dollars each and then you could buy the whole box for 10 it was something like that anyway i was real cool with all the lunch ladies And then I got real cool with the pizza line ladies because every now and then I'd manage to get enough money to get a piece of pizza. Uh, But we also set our table right beside it and I was so nice to them that about halfway through the year, the pizza lady who ran the pizza line just started coming up to us whenever it was about to be end of lunch and they still had pizzas left over. And she'd be like, don't say anything. And she'd just hand us a box of pizza and be like, y'all have at it. And I was like, (laughs) fuck yeah, this is where it's at. Free (laughs) free pizza. School's a School is a very interesting time.
2: Mm.
3: Did
1: you
2: have a so, snack line? No, I don't think so. We had a breakfast, though. Mm. What were you going to say, Saul? So? Go ahead. No, I was going to say if he, I actually don't remember the transition I was going to make, but I was going to transition.
0: <laughs> well, I'll tell you what we can do, right Bruh, now. You don't got, Saul, so, you don't got pouch milk. Go I can't be friends with you no more. Oh, man. <laughs> I gotta, Saul's gonna leave the show if you keep this you up. Yeah, leave the show. Okay. Shit. I guess we'll, we'll we'll get on to like the real the real thing. So obviously we've been joking all episode about me leaving the show, and it's true. This is my last episode. This is no joke. I know this is very like us to joke around about this kind of stuff, and then people be like, Ha ha, he's gonna be gone for three or four episodes. No, I'm gonna be gone we <laughs> go for a while. Uh for, for well permanently. Until, you know, something like episode three hundred or something, and then, you know it makes sense for me to come back and Chris and Brett will have me back. Um, when I inevitably have to work next week, Saul will be back. <laughs> no. <on the> <laughs> it will be something like that. Um, well, that
1: leads, that leads to another conversation, actually, Chris. Just while yeah. we're in this particular joke, I'm going to be out of town next Tuesday. I'll do it by <laughs> so, Or Saul can join. It's no. fine. Either way. <laughs> <laughs> this is it look we can't have Saul's
0: farewell and then immediately yeah, like, Saul
3: <laughs> this, <laughs>
0: this is it this is uh, actually you know what y'all should do y'all should do the first solo episode I'll do it I, I bet can, I might be charismatic I bet that could work out well it. Um no, I believe in you chris but uh Oof. we i didn't want to make like a uh a whole episode about this i didn't want to make a whole like segment really about this. I kind of want it to be uh short and sweet um people who've known me long enough they know i don't like going into a lot of personal details about my life um uh so i won't really disclose the full reason why i'm quitting uh just know that it's not a negative reason at all um but uh it also has nothing to do with anybody involved in the show or anything about the show. Uh, it's actually completely outside or external reason for that. Um, so, no, uh, Chris is not evil and kicked me off, uh, or nor Brett,
3: <laughs> nor did I make it I am.
0: long enough to get canceled. And I'm really surprised about that. <laughs> I'm surprised the show has lasted as long as it has um, without getting canceled in some form or fashion. So... Uh, no, pretty much. Like I said, no external reason, and it's. I'm at a point in my life where it makes sense to go ahead and break the show off. Uh, at a, at a point where, um, it just feels right. It and it makes sense so that uh, the powers that be, uh, don't start interfering, and then I end up start having to miss shows, and then it becomes inconsistent, and then the whole show decides to suffer. Uh, so it was kind of something I had to think about, and then I talked to Brett about. And then talk to Chris about it the same day right before we start recording, and it just it feels right. Um, so, yes, it's been a wonderful five years uh, with the show. It's been a great experience. I'm really surprised that uh, you know we kind of lasted this long. T- nine times out of ten, when you talk about you know start a podcast with friends, you know a lot of people they get like two weeks in. You know, I often think back. We went, we had a thing uh, here about four years ago called HypeCon. Actually, it might have been even a little bit longer than that. It might have been five years ago because we've been to two of them. And we are friends with sure. the organizer, so they were kind enough to give us a table, and we got to sit out and hang out with uh, people around Texarkana uh, who like video games and stuff. And we talked to people there. And Brett, you remember the guys that we talked about who they wanted to start their own podcast up, and like we gave them advice on how to like get started? Yeah, I often wonder if people like that are still doing it. And I hope they are. That was Greg Miller. And, <laughs> that's that's a good one. Uh, but, Feel old now, but I often I often wonder if like people like that they're still doing it and you know, I I think that uh if it wasn't for the amount of people that we uh that we kind of came across uh along the journey. I told Brett when we, when we I remember the day me and Brett talked about this. It was the day that uh Colin Moriarty got kicked off of, uh, I love you XOXO or whatever, or well got kicked off of, no, get kicked off of, uh, it's kind of funny. And we talked about how like there was going to be an absence of PlayStation podcast. And we had always talked, we had literally talked about this kind of stuff in the past and it went from like sitting on Brett's front steps on like a Tuesday to like Saturday having a test episode to the next weekend having the very first episode that you guys can find on YouTube that you the literally the first episode of the podcast. Um so the transition of it was very quick and it's crazy to look back at that cuz it's like, you know, it, it's a completely different time in both Brett and my my life like it's absolutely like a different world. Um and I told Brett the day that we we talked about it when we sat on the steps I'm like, you know, if we don't if we don't do anything, if we don't go anywhere Within like six months, you know, I don't want to just be doing this to be talking into the void with no listeners. And, you know, thankfully we had listeners. So we just kept going. And, you know, a lot of people, I've made a list and I'll get to that here in a second. But a lot of people uh, helped motivate me and and Brett, I'm sure. But um, it's been fun. It has. And uh, I'm getting a little emotional. I didn't even think I didn't think I could get emotional for something like this. So it's been fun. I think Brick can agree to that,
1: right? Yeah, dude. I've had a blast doing this. I mean, you know, if we peel back the curtain, I don't think any show can go on forever and act like there is not things that happen. But I would say that the best way to kind of word this is that there, this has been fun 90% of the time and moderately stressful 10% of the time. Yes. And the stress was never anything like Saul and I have never had issues in our friendship because of this show. No. Saul and I have never had any kind of any genuinely negatively impacted thing. But like Saul said, we're at different parts in our lives. So a lot of the frustration comes from trying to figure out how to balance the love of getting together and doing this with making sure that you get to do things in your day to day life. And because I, of course, respect Saul's wishes. I know he doesn't like going into his his personal stuff. J- not like I can say this enough. I think that the tone of this episode should be clear. There is absolutely no ill will anywhere no, <laughs> in this show not. at all. Um,
0: and that's but that's something. Important. One of the
1: most salient things you
0: Yeah, go ahead, Saul. No, I was gonna say that's something very important to say, is because uh we talked about this, and this was a private conversation, but we talked about like you know when Chris joined the show, we didn't want people to to, to not like the show because Chris joined or I don't want people we don't want people to blame something because of Chris um or blame us for a decision like we wanted it to be the same show just with an extra member and and it has been you know uh and for the people who did care, they're gone and and the show didn't need them um for that kind of thing so I don't want people to think that that that's that's anything remotely going on here. This is something that you know I think we all knew. That eventually like the time would come in some form or fashion for the show to make a member change up. And I just wanted to go ahead and do it kind of on my own vol- volition because it makes the most sense for me. You know. It's it's a little selfish in yeah. this moment, but I feel like six months from now, you know, it's it's
1: well or, or so- a year,
0: whatever it may be.
1: Yeah, it's, you know, one of the things that I think that the most salient thing that you said while we were having the conversation about you leaving when you first kind of brought it up to me is with some of the things that you know are going to be coming in the not too distant future for your life, you're going to have to make the the choice, and I've had to make this choice to go back to that talk about stress coming into play from us having responsibilities. Occasionally I have to make that choice of not playing a game, right? Yeah. When we're doing a show about playing a game. And the biggest reason that you said, and honestly the most important reason is that when it comes down to it and you have to rebalance your time and rebalance your career and all these different things are going to be happening, you have to make a choice between playing games and keeping with the hobby that you love or only having enough time to do a show talking about playing games when you and your personal life really aren't getting to do it very often at all. And I think when you look at that, it doesn't make sense to come together every week and talk about games and miss out on actually getting to experience them. And that's a really important thing to have. So I think it's good that me and you are, you know, you're, Saul, you're basically, you and Blaze are my best friends that shouldn't be any kind of surprise to anyone who's been with the show for a long time or anyone in personal life for sure. Right, But, you know, when so many podcasts and endeavors like this end from people being essentially separating from each other, the best thing I can tell you is that Saul, this will be Saul's last episode, right? He may come in here and there. Saul's always welcome back. So anytime that Saul gets a wild hair and wants to hop into the episode, no problem Saul has already said that he'll likely try and make it in a point to try and be on the big milestone episodes that we typically do like 350 325 I'll still be on Discord, uh, 300 too. all that kind of like stuff. Um,
0: I've kind yeah. of people I'm sure people I don't know if people have noticed or not like our Twitter has always been in a weird state of engagement but like I haven't been on Twitter in like six months and that's just because I'm not a fan of social media I haven't had a Facebook people know that for I've, I haven't had a Facebook since like 2010 and I noticed that the same kind of trend of just like opening up An app just to scroll through it, and then seeing the things people are saying, like affecting me, like mentally, like you know, as all social media does to everybody, I just don't like it. So I noticed this started happening with Twitter. So I was like, I'm gonna only keep Twitter on my desktop, so that like when the show comes and we need to record for like the um, episode for like community's sake, it's on my desktop or my laptop. Um, it's not on my phone, so I wouldn't actively post or engage. But I'm sure, I'm sure that there's a way I can pass off. The Discord ownership to Brett, and if there's not, um, I can just make a new role. But I'm still gonna be in Discord, Um, so I'll I'll still be around. Like, you guys will still be able to engage with me. Anybody's welcome to to DM me. Um, You know, for those that don't have me on friends list on PlayStation, feel free to add me and we can play games. Like, I, it's not like I'm fully, like I'm I'm removing myself just from the show, but from the community, from the you know, from the friends that we built. I'm still there. I'm still here. I, I won't be gone from that. That's yeah. important. I, that's the, the main change is that
1: you just won't hear Saul's voice it's on the episode There anymore, you go. You'll hear me uh, at week. least weekly. Which I guess all that's to say that, you know, for anybody who may feel like you know that or think about all the times they've had people who they quit a show and then drift apart. The the beauty of all of this is that while this may be Saul's last episode, come Thursday, hell or high water. Man's going to be here sitting at this same table doing Yu Gi Oh! night with yeah. us as a group of friends because, no, nothing against anybody, as, a, as you know, nothing against you guys as the audience or anything. But, like Saul's talking about, when you're kind of taking stock of what's important in your life, Yu Gi Oh! night has been one of the probably the absolute best things that came from COVID. It came from a point in time where you needed that kind of getting together. And I think Saul would agree it's good to have a period of time where. Thursday nights when we get together, we're not all on our phones. We're not stuck in the head of being somewhere else. It's four to six people, depending on what's going on, getting together and just interacting with each other in the real space. Yeah. Yeah, you can play Yu-Gi-Oh Master Duel and we talk about that all the time, but it's not the I, same. I think Saul would agree and everyone in the group would. There's something so fun about physically getting together, physically having the cards, being part of it and being in the moment and not having to rely on technology for that. Now, of course, I'd be a fool to act like we don't. I use my phone. I don't respond to it at all, but I use my phone strictly for keeping up with life points cuz it's easier. Yeah, or we like um, show
0: each other funny videos or something. You know, we're not sitting in a very
1: different way.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's part of the hangout. And that's such an important thing. So, again, when we're talking about making time for things, uh, you know, it's like if, if something had to go first, Yu Gi Oh! night or the podcast night, I too, if I found myself in that position, would say, well, you know, I love the podcast, but ultimately, being able to communicate with my friends who are around me every day is more important to me than having to get together every week to make a show that you guys listen to and I'm honored that we've gotten to do that for so long and that I and Chris will still continue to do that yeah um it's just I can completely understand where everything's coming from so yeah, just a, a big re- reiteration and I don't if you if you may notice that Chris is choosing not to say much here and as Chris said before we started recording, he knew that this is kind of a position for Saul and I to talk about what we've built and what's come up. But I personally, even though I'll still be able to say this next week and or whatever it be, the, whatever week we do the shows, that Chris, I you, you've been an invaluable addition to the show. Yep. I enjoy doing the show with you so much. And I'm glad that you've been able to come in, be in the show for as long as you have, so that when Saul makes a decision like this, you're already a natural part of the show. We don't have to worry about the show feeling like it's having to stumble to find its feet again because we already have... You know, When when Saul misses an episode, the show doesn't fall apart. When you miss an episode, the show doesn't fall apart. And I think that that's proof that the show works with Mm -hmm. all of us, but it also works when one link is removed. And that means that the show has its own footing, and that's a good thing. So I'm glad you're here. I know that you've been being quiet, but... I speak for Saul very likely. I yes. say that we appreciate. Yeah, you.
0: thank you, Chris.
2: Well, thank you. I appreciate that. It's nice to be on the show.
0: Well, and see, that's the thing is, to, and to be to be open, like what we were talking about a second ago, is like I don't want, you know, anybody to think that anything has to do with anything involving uh, Brad or Chris because it doesn't. It's just it's it's uh, it has to do with uh, my like my free time. And you know, like Brett said earlier, what's the point of being on a gaming podcast if you don't have a whole lot of time to game? And like, when you break down my week, it's like well, Monday, Monday I typically just relax after a Monday of work. Then Tuesdays were podcast recording day. Wednesday is typically a night that I spend with my wife and watch a movie or something. <clears throat> Thursday is Yu Gi Oh night. Friday is date night. Saturday is friend night. Sunday is chore day. So it's like everything gets jumbled. And then if something happens throughout the week where I, you know, somebody needs me, which is something that may start happening then um i have to pick and choose and it's like pick and choose between a free night or wait it, realistic it won't be mondays it'll be it'll be pretty much tuesday on to friday but it's like pick between date night pick between or, or just spend time with my wife or it's playing video games or the podcast or Oh night and it's kind of like you, you gotta i have priorities and if i took away game night well i mean then then I really don't have anything to talk about on a gaming podcast. And then uh, <laughs> you talk take away Yu-Gi-Oh! Night, and then that's just, well, for whatever reason, I seem like I'm the glue to Yu-Gi-Oh! Night. Like if I'm not there, everybody just doesn't show up. <laughs> so I don't know why that is. But I think, Brett, didn't you say the last time that I missed Yu-Gi-Oh! Night, nobody came?
1: That sounds about I, right. Yeah. So I don't know. Which I mean, it's been a busy period for it everyone. It has been. But yeah. yeah. You're, you're, but <laughs> even if it's just a joke, it's kind of halfway true. Somehow, some
0: way, if you are not there, it seems to fall apart a little bit quicker. So that's, and I don't like but, that to happen. And of course, spending time with my wife, that's not negotiable. So uh, unfortunately, the yeah. the cookie crumbles in just the way that it crumbled. And um, yeah, it's been it's been fun. Thank everybody for five years. Uh, I have a couple people to thank and or thank, and then um, I'll let Brett do the Patreon thing. Uh, just know that, like this list of people, I didn't. This is anytime I make a list like this, it comes straight from the heart. I try not to think about it super long. I try to think of the names as they come up and then add them. Uh, and unfortunately, like by nature of just being, you know, quick and snappy with it, I'm gonna forget people. There's nobody that I've ever interacted with that doesn't matter that didn't help contribute to motivation, whatever it is. So I just want everybody to know that, like, right up and there, like, if, if you're not on this list, it's a short list. And I think everybody knows that this list of people, just how short it is. It's like 10 names. They know that that's not just the people that have impacted me. So, uh, once again, uh, if you guys want to play video games or something, hit me up on PlayStation, uh, meteoric demise. We typically put that in the description where we used to, uh, and discord. It still is.
1: You'll stay there in perpetuity. Don't worry about it.
0: I'll stay. I'll, I'll be in discord. So, uh, I'm, I'm still here to some degree. I'm not you know, fully gone. But
1: Saul will now become... He'll join no. Blake as uh, the ghost
2: of Saul. Uh, we,
0: <laughs> we have a cadre of ghouls in the uh, podcast. There needs to be an upper echelon of that. But um, once again, uh, thank yeah. everybody. and Phantom of Saul. And uh, thank uh, these specific people. Thank you, Ryan Jones, uh, Admiral Austin, a.k.a. Jonathan, or John. Uh, my name is Dan, Kiki, and Vince. Uh, Randy H., a.k.a. RJ Loki. Josh Hoop, Liam, Sean Juan Neo, Fate, Sean Santarude, Shadowist, Gideon of Vita Island, Kyle Grimm, and Sergeant mm-hmm. Stan. You guys have made it all worth it. So thank you all and uh, thank you, YouTube, for the fun times.
1: Yep. Thank Thanks, you. man. And to end this uh, very interesting note of an episode, uh, we're going go like go to go ahead support our and paper. wrap now, to end this episode, money, please. Give us the money. Or give them the money. Yeah, yeah. See, Saul can now be our outside support. That's the whole ploy. Saul's quitting the podcast so he can say, listen, I just think that you should be a patron. It's like Manscaped. He, we don't tell you that he's getting a cut on the it's side. It's like
0: Manscaped. I bought my own thing for Manscaped, to be honest. I'll be a Patreon now, to be honest.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Well, of course, if you <sighs> – again, if this is your first episode, then wow, what an episode yeah, to come go, into this is down not down how it down. usually goes. Uh, but, hey, if you've made it here and you're there, then interesting, welcome. Uh, but shout out to every single one of you. If you want to be part of the community and you've been around for a little bit and you just haven't taken the plunge, we urge you to take the plunge. Go to Twitter at TriangleSQRD. Don't be unhealthy with your Twitter usage, but you can hit us up and interact with us. You can go to the Discord, always linked in the description. That's a good way to catch us all because it's a. I consider Discord to be the le- the least invasive version of social media, and, and I really like that. It's just like a big chat room hangout, and I personally find that easier to digest than trying to jump into a day of Twitter and, and chaotic. Facebook. But it's fine. Or you can find us yeah or you can find us on Facebook in the group Triangle Square a PlayStation Podcast, where you can be part of the community take talking about the podcast, offering us up suggested topics that can become community takes uh by nature of how we do those, and remember that the community's take for this week is your three next most anticipated games uh so without further
0: ado, Wait one second for all of you people who I just, I just i just remembered one more name, and if i did this if I did this every ten seconds it's gonna get the list is gonna get long again. He's no longer part of our community and I don't know why. But Richard aka uh, uh, Neon <laughs> Zeon. Yeah. He he was a big yeah. part of our community for a while and then all of a sudden he's he gone. Was. Uh him great, he, you know, the interactions we had with him are hilarious. Uh he well just a just a good human being. So, I had to throw that out there. I, he fueled he fueled a bunch of fun. Yeah, you said in s- the you show. said something to me that reminded me of the the live stream or the 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 contest and that was that was because him yeah so if if everybody wants to go back yeah. and watch that contest thing we did it was the one that contributed the prize so thank you richard yeah. and thank you thank you yeah thank big you shout everybody. out to richard really thank you
1: yeah but if you want to join all the people who help make this show possible from a monetary standpoint, which we are really grateful for, uh, then you can head over to patreon.com slash nartech and give as little as a dollar per month. It's a huge help to us. Uh, and you can be among the listed people like Mr. A.K.A. Sean here, our newest patron. We also have Awesome Dave 1337, Aztec King, Lichion 69, The Lord Corgi, Salvador Garcia, Hammond Egger, Bailey Robertson. Rob Wartpoint, Mark Schutz, Cypher Primus, Kyle Grimm, Rude Days 93, Joshua Lago, Kevin Bacon Bits, Danny Villiobos, Jehudi MD, No Fate, Josh Ayers, Derek Porter, Constantly Kenny, Matthew Green, Sean Sandarude, Steven Salazar, Shadowist, and of course, my name is Dan. Thanks to each and every one of you, and we'll be back next week, or possibly next week with 271. Chris and I will talk that out. Thanks, guys. We'll see y'all later. Thank you.